Oh, this episode of Cinema Swirl is brought to you once again by our wonderful backers over at patreon.com forward slash cinema swirl. Hey, if you're bored, you've got some time on your hands and you want to hear some more swirl content, then patreon.com forward slash cinema swirl is the way to go. $5 backers get access to Cinema Swill, our exclusive monthly bonus show where Kevin and I review some seriously terrible movies. There's a whole bunch of episodes up there already which you'll get instant access to, plus this month we've got another Nick Cage swill coming up, so you wouldn't want to miss that. We've got a couple of bonus Q&A episodes up there, which were a lot of fun to do. We've got some video stuff. Hey, if you want to find out more, patreon.com forward slash cinemaswirl is the place to go. All right, come on then. Let's get swirling. Looks like we're going to be whistling Dixie. It's episode number 60. That is studied carelessness. I had to check beforehand. Whistling Dixie. Whistling Dixie, baby. Ah. And it is episode number Whistling 60 with me, your old pal, Cowboy Kevin Man, and my OTP, who's never seen any of these films, Mr. Sam Chaplin. Hello. Hi, everyone. Thanks for coming. Welcome along. Cheers. Thank you. You've You've been great. Thank you. Good. Good afternoon. And today we are following the yellow brick road. But what's the matter? All these yellow bricks are congregating into stars because it's the Hollywood Walk of Fame, Hollywood, California, where all the movies are made, including this, the all-time classic, colourful imagery, childhood nostalgia from everyone from a baby boomer to a dirty millennial. It's The Wizard of Oz. Yeah, which I have not seen. And people were very upset about that. You'd think by now... That the word would be out that I've not seen any films, but 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 the Wizard of Oz. This was another Sam. one. I think we mentioned it an episode ago or a couple of episodes ago, and I just said, "Oh, I haven't seen the Wizard of Oz." Now, like, what the fuck? What are you doing, mate? You should do a podcast. Lumbin uh, <laughs> Wazlick, what are you playing at? No, I haven't seen the Wizard of Oz. Come on, you know. Now, obviously, just so we're aware, Wizard of Oz is very important for the older generation. So much so that they actually took the title and used the word wizard to describe good things. Yeah. So this movie translated into old people means the very good indeed of Oz. The good of Oz. The best of Oz. <laughs> the best of Oz. It's got to be the episode where he shits on Schillinger. Schillinger, whatever, man. I don't care. It's got to be the episode where it looks like it's going to end and then it's not. And that's enough Oz references for one podcast. It was an HBO prison drama from the late 90s, I believe. It was the original HBO drama, baby, uh. is what it is. Without Oz, there would be no Lost. And without The Wizard of Oz, there may be no films or media whatsoever. <laughs> this is like seemingly the most fucking... The origin of film. It is. Yeah. I mean, if in fairness, if, you know, old dusty Orson Welles fumbling around with his masterpieces, if that's the beginning of film, then this is like the kickstart. Hang on a second. There's a second gear. There's colour. There's right. music. Yeah, yeah. Music, there's dancing. What, if anything, do you know about the historic Wizard of Oz? I'm just keep calling it historic and stuff because mm. I've not seen this movie since I was like fucking four, and I'm pretty sure we're going to rip it a new one. But 
<laughs> pizzas. There's just something about th- things that old people love tends to really get put on a pedestal. Yeah. You know, be it old rickery crockery, be it old rickety movies that will also shatter upon impact with Generation Z. <laughs> this is our Werther's original review that we're doing now. So uh, yeah. get on board. We're going to wrap it, eat it, and I'll tell you how I feel about it. And then you've got to suck on that, <laughs> just like a Werther's original. I think I know a few things about The Wizard of Oz because it's it's one of these things that's been referenced to death. Mm-hmm. Yellow Brick Road, I know that. I mean, you just know that from the football chant, though, like, England, 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 follow the Yellow Brick Goal. Follow the Yellow Brick Goal. Follow the Yellow Brick Goal. Yeah, I know that one. There's Yellow Brick Road. This is a musical. The songs. Mm, we, we like songs here on Cinema Swirl. We love a sing song. We love a footy chant. Hopefully there'll be opportunity for both of those things. Maybe. There's Ruby Slippers. I know quite a bit. Who's she then? Uh, Dorothy. I'm just saying Ruby Slippers is a very sexy name. Like Yes. And ladies and gentlemen, our featured burlesque oh. performer this evening, Ruby Slippers. I was going to say, that must be a burlesque name or a drag name or something like that. Ruby Slippers will be a name of someone somewhere. So. I- and if you happen to be a burlesque performer or a drag artist or even a mix master, a mix master Ruby Slippers, <laughs> uh, you, you could be the, the official insert what you are of this podcast, uh, provided we don't really hate this right, movie and don't want to associate it with us. Yeah. There's no place like home. Is there now? Yeah, well, there, there are a few places. I mean, the whole street has really similar houses on it. That uh, you know, So those places would be like home, but they wouldn't be the same. So I suppose there's no place. There's no other place that is home, but there are other places that are like home. You know? That's true. Yeah. There's no place like home or chips. Yeah. There's no place like home base because they've closed all the home bases. Oh, I suppose I suppose there's B and Q, which is like home base. So ignore that. But <laughs> <laughs> there's no place like home. There's Ruby Slippers. There's a lot here. I'm thinking. There's a though. lot that I know. There's a cowardly yeah. lion. Now, Sam, I'm a big, a big fan of that because someone who hates the anthropomorphization of of any animal, mm. got to see them flip that trope on its head. Brave lion. Uh, uh-uh, uh. He's a fucking coward. Yeah. yeah. There's a cowardly lion. There's a, it's a robot man. <laughs> And there's a wizard. Mm-hmm. I know a lot about this. In you're, terms you're, of missing what's in the, you're missing one of the gang. You got you got Ruby Slippers. You got Cowardly Lion. Robot Man. You're missing one. Dorothy. Lion. Robot. Wardrobe? No. <laughs> uh, what? Sam, oh. there are, I hate to break it to you. There are no Christian values in this movie. This is Hollywood through and through. There's a robot. There's robot. a lion. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Is there, is, is there like a Wurzel Gummidge type? Like a Scarecrow? There is, yes. There's Scarecrow. Scare there we go. Yeah. No, I should say, that's a, a Scarecrow, not a Scared Crow, because no. that would be like... <laughs> like I the mean, Cowardly Lion and... Like Banjo-Kazooie. <laughs> You've got a Cowardly Lion and a Scared Crow, and they work together <laughs> to collect items. This isn't Banjo and Kazooie, Momo. It's the same <laughs> fucking thing. <laughs> Um, just so you know, in the week of record, my birthday is this coming weekend that we're recording this now. Happy this coming birth weekend. Thank you. And Animal Crossing has been released this week, mm-hmm. but I've still been playing Stardew Valley, and I very much feel like I'm playing Lee Carvello's Putting Challenge at the moment, because like everyone <laughs> on all of my social feeds is like, oh, Animal Crossing is great, and I'm, I'm, I'm still playing Stardew Valley until I get... The, the nice animal game on my birthday. I mean, when you're waiting for a new skate game, Sam, you are of nothing if not uh, a patient gamer. Like hashtag skate for when? Why did you let the trademark expire, guys? Just renew that for the sake of it, just to keep the dream alive. Okay. I mean, Sam, we're all sitting here waiting, and you know, God knows I don't like the game, but I'm sitting here waiting for you. Wait, what's that on the horizon? Oh no, it's a Tony Hawk coming in. He's really fast. 
He's got razor sharp claws and a new IP. I thought well, there there is rumours that there might be a new Tony Hawk's game coming, and that fills me with kind of dread, kind of excitement. It's kind of like uh, I don't know. I mean, your your reaction is the exact opposite of Alien and Farm's reaction right now. <laughs> they're like, come on, boys, this it's it's time. Here we like. go. Here we fucking go. Like. I'm just like Tony Hawk's. <laughs> So there's a there's a cowardly line, there's a robot mm. man, there's a mm. words of gummage, there's a mm-hmm. girl with slippers, there yep. is a wizard, there's the titular wizard, there are flying monkeys. And what do we say to the flying monkeys? Fly. My pretties? Hey! Yeah. Good job! Look, this who, who says that? Fly my pretties. Mr. Burns? <laughs> Someone from Futurama, like there's there's a lot of references to this throughout all of uh, popular culture now. It's going to be like the you know because when we saw Citizen Kane, it was like God, even stuff I didn't recognize mm. as references, like whole plot lines. But this is like a more obvious thing to reference, and I think even with knowing the stuff that is referenced, yeah. we're going to be surprised at the sheer quantity of this. I'm going into this knowing quite a bit about the characters and I sort of I kind of know how it looks I think how does it look very colourful this may have been all, one of the all the time is it a colourful oh. smorgasbord or uh, I really want to say like is this like a Schindler's List situation but I don't mean like tonally but whether it's like it's not going to be black and white the whole time and there's like a bit of colour is there for effect very, very rarely does the phrase this is a Schindler's List situation fill you with anything other yeah. than anxiety and no. dread <laughs> um, I <laughs> I rescind that comment. (laughs) But I thought it was all in colour, and this was one of the early coloured films, I think. Mm. I think this is like, Mm -hmm. ah, colour. Fucking yeah. I can take a guess at the plot, because the cowardly lion needs to not be a coward. He just needs to get his shit together. Yeah. Yeah. One of them doesn't have a heart. Ruby Slippers girl wants to go home. So they need to go to the wizard who will grant them these things, right? This kind of feels like, you know, when you're on a night out with a bunch of friends and everyone's having a different dilemma and there are varying degrees of severity and also solvability. Yeah. This girl just wants to go home. Yeah, he's missing his heart right now. Yeah. yeah? He can't. (laughs) It's gone. If you want to go home, you can maybe get an Uber, look at the bus time table if you don't have a heart you know there's not an app for that and and then there's someone who's like yeah well you know what you're a fucking coward mate you're a coward like why are you bringing this up now i know i'm a coward but we can't solve this right now he's not gonna hurt we need to sort out now so there's characters who are missing things and they go to somewhere to solve their problems and that place is down the yellow brick road towards you have made this movie sound so fucking boring it's like this is like the terminal or something like you're making us go to the lost and found tell you what it feels like it feels like the fucking lord of the rings there's gonna be a bunch of losers walking somewhere and then they'll throw some slippers in a fucking volcano i don't know oh come on what kind of a fellowship is this you have my lack of heart and (laughs) my cowardice and these lovely slippers i don't have a brain Okay, the robot doesn't have a brain. Mate, you've given it away there. I've given away the gag Spoilers, there, mate. yeah. I've given away the whole thing. But, I mean, you, you know about our broad strokes here? You know, a loss, it feels. So there's some films that will come into being like, I don't know, I can kind of guess from the poster. This, I feel like I know a lot, and maybe that's why I've been able to sort of get away with not having watched it, because I sort of, I sort of know it, don't I? 
I can blag it. Very rarely do we start an episode about a movie that you're excited with that use phrases of like, yeah, I kind yeah, of thought I can't, I'd get away I kind of get it. it. Like, and this is like, a lot of people are you know, really excited for you to see this movie. Among them, not Sam Chaplin, it seems. Right. I wonder if if we could go to the bit where like, oh, let's go do a cinema swirl. Da, 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 and come back. And I've not actually watched it. And see if I can get away <laughs> with like, uh, no, 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 no. That that's like the requisite requirements, uh, like you know. But it's, I know a lot about this. Do I know enough to do that? No, and I'm not going to because I care too much about the the gosh darn podcast. All right, I've got too much respect for the game. You got too much respect for yourself, and assumedly me as well, yeah. Sam. Yeah, oh yeah, I'm not going to do that to you, Kevin. I can't be asked to watch the film. I'll just flag it. Yeah, and I can just feign ignorance and then feign knowledge at the different points. You know. Yeah. You know what? If you if you want to take the second half of this podcast, you go for it, mate. You you just you can handle it. You know. I'll, I'll do. It, mate, I'll do it, I'll be grand. You know, don't worry. Yeah. You, you have a night off. How about that? Like, you but, know. <laughs> but this is one of the ones where I know quite a bit, but I don't really know the, the fleshed out details. We're off to see the wizard, the wonderful wizard of Oz, Yellow Brick mm-hmm. Road, Yellow Brick Road. Mm-hmm. Well, Yellow Brick Road, Yellow Brick Road. Yeah. Any other any other ones? We're off to see the wizard. <laughs> Yellow Brick Road. Ooh, I'm a big coward. When the the credits hit, because it's the wizard of the Owls! <laughs> Yo, wow! Wow! <laughs> this is the wizard of <laughs> I don't have a brain. I've not a brain inside my head. I don't have a brain. Ah, uh, but he said it. Uh, <laughs> he said it. Uh, but say that for years, mate, yeah? Is it the, the robot who doesn't have a brain? Does he sometimes do things and he's like, well, that's a no-brainer. And I should know. <laughs> is that one of his, like, funny catchphrases? The robot is, has a brain. You're you're wrong oh. on that one. Yeah. The, oh, the scarecrow doesn't have a brain. There you go. So what's now. the robot missing? A heart. He's missing a heart. Mm. Yeah. Okay. Or is he? Uh, mm. Okay. So there's various bits that have to be slotted into these various characters for them to upgrade to be able to meet the wizard and fulfil their desire as uh, Wizard of Oz. Is he? Is he a nice chap? Bit of a prick? Uh, where? Where would you? Where would you have the Wizard of Oz? Mm. I don't know what the wizard looks like. Maybe this is like Waiting for Godot, where there is no wizard. Or if it's like Lord of the Rings, where it could be a subject of, like, you know, argument about who the titular character is, like... I hope the wizard is all the friends we made along the way. That's what I hope. The real Wizard of Oz is friendship. I I really hope that we get a commentary track from Christopher Lee, where he's like, The real Wizard of Oz is Sauron. He has always (laughs) been Sauron. (laughs) I don't really know what the wizard is like. I don't know... No, I, I'm not sure. Uh, do you like wizards? Because I live uh, with someone who fucking loves wizards. There's a, there's a, I'm looking at a pewter wizard right now on my top shelf. Humble brag. Jeez. I mean, yeah, there you go, right? I was in boarding school sleeping underneath a statue of the Virgin Mary, and now I'm podcasting under a statue of a wizard. Pewter wizard. I'm living my best life is what's happening. Mm, I, I don't dislike wizards. Mm? Uh, you know, I'm happy with wizards. Magical people. What about old Gandalf the Grey? Yeah, he's fine. He's all right. Would you have a little dream about him, maybe? I don't know if I've ever dreamt of a wizard. Really? No. Interesting. But, I, you know, I'm, I'm not 
I'm not against wizards, all right? I'm, well, wizards I'm, tend to be non-threatening. That's my point, you know? Like, kind of, a wizard could show up in, like, kind of most situations, and I'd be like, yeah, all right, there's a wizard here now, okay? Is a wizard the... Is a witch a wizard? Or is a warlock a wizard? A warlock is, like, either an evil wizard or, like, the equivalent of a witch for a man. Right. That's, that is my limited understanding yeah. from watching other people okay, play so Dungeons w- and Dragons. W- wizard has a good implication to it. Mm. A good wizard. Although, Sauron was the white wizard, and he was a bad wizard yeah well he might have become a warlock hashtag not all wizards not my wizards <laughs> and of course then there's the grand wizard from the kkk and he's the worst wizard of them all like yeah just even know any spells what a fucking joke no so some some wizards are bad i don't know about the wizard of oz as it i don't even know what oz is oh really is that the place it's a state of mind <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. Cut cut that out. That's so bad. <laughs> no, 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 stand in. <laughs> I yeah, I don't know what the titular Oz is. I mean this the ultra title of this movie is The Wizard of the Outback. <laughs> 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 yeah, so maybe this film is set Dan and I, I don't even know. I can do a much better Australian accent than that. I know it's deliberate. It's one to know that I was yeah. deliberately doing a bad one for a bad joke, okay? I, I understand. I just want to... F- I, no, I know you understand. I want them to understand. Oh, crikey, mate. Hooroo. You know, that kind of thing. We're off to see the wizard. No, that's, that's more the Beatles that I was doing there. We were just four people looking for a heart, a mind. <laughs> uh, hey, here's the thing. Out of the Beatles, who would you give a heart, a mind, and who would you tell them to go home? Because I kind of feel like John Lennon needs them all, like, you know? <laughs> yeah, I think. But then John's like, but I already have a heart. I'm like, you told your heartless fucking bastards. <laughs> you told your son that a bottle of whiskey might as well be his father. You've got no oh, heart, John. God, yeah. And, imagine having no heart. Yeah, you you can, because you have none. I reckon Paul McCartney's okay, so give him some nice stuff. I, I sort of think he's okay at time of record. Oh, uh, I'll tell you what. I've never more wanted just to pop my mouth on this Skype call and be like ma'am Paul McCartney go he's an awful old bollocks she fucking is he a bollocks she hates Uh. him so much and here's the thing there may be proper reasons to hate Paul McCartney we we don't know my mum doesn't know or care she's just like there probably is and I've already decided well there are some celebrities where you just get a sense of like I don't like him or like oh you think that they're like bad people in real life and you have no basis for that but you just assume it I mean I saw Paul McCartney live once and at the end of it people were like Paul sign autographs and he, he signed like one or two and then he came back and people were like Paul sign autographs and then he waved and kind of gesticulated to say I'm just going to go back now because right, I'm yeah. doing a concert for four hours and then some just fucked a marker at his head and like they fucked it like they got him like lengthways right in between the eyes and he just went ooh rubbed his head and then just walked off and that was the end he did two encores but that was the end of the show that was, that the, was the last you saw of him was walking off going ooh, ooh someone's beamed me with a fucking marker a marker's can hurt uh, you know some pace and distance and you know speed it really gets you when that happened me and my dad turned to each other we were both kind of like a ooh but also yeah, maybe he's earned that along the way. We don't know. Possibly. I, I mean, you can't be a member of the Beatles and not be slightly corrupted by the power that that gives you. Particularly the one who went on to make Wings. I'm just saying, like, you know, there's some, there's, I'm right to be suspicious, but I don't want to do any of the work. That's yeah, what I'm saying. We have no idea. So it's far. You know, technically, we don't know. But so maybe it's just it's just safe to give Ringo the brain, give Lennon the heart, yeah. and just tell Paul to go home while we figure it all Paul. out. You've done enough, mate. Just 
have a rest now. But I don't want to live in Liverpool anymore. <laughs> you, I'm sorry, you're going to have to. <laughs> oh my God, we've got, we've got John Culshaw here on the podcast for a second there to do some of his impressions. <laughs> Good Lord. Sam, mm. before we uh, follow that yellow brick road, why don't we uh, follow the mailbag? Welcome to the mailbag. Sorry, here is the mailbag. You are in the mailbag. I've got the mailbag. Good, good. It's there now. I'm holding the mailbag. I'm rummaging in for some mail. Hey, Kevin. Hey, Sam. Hey, you're all right. Grand, thanks. This first message comes in to cinemaswirl at gmail.com. Oh, no. Sam, before I say it again, say it again. Cinemaswirl at gmail.com. That's cinemaswirl at gmail.com. That's cinemaswirl at gmail.com. Sorry, I just wanted to go... I was going for the double, but then I wanted the double-double. That's cinemasworld at gmail.com. This message comes in to cinemasworld at gmail.com. gmail.com. And I am. I am as well. I don't want people thinking, oh, he's always on about the emails, and now he's on. He's never even... I am. I am happy. Absolute fuddy-duddy is the reputation you've got online, This is how I express my happiness. (laughs) Repeating email addresses. It's valid. Yeah. Hello, Kevin and Sam. Hey. This comes in from Sam, not me. Uh, and she stressed oh, that this Sam, is... no, Sam, I told you, if you're going to do that, you have to change the name. Like, this is the way it's... <laughs> Mate, I don't want this paper trail. Like, you know, this is this is a real cut and dry place, open and shut if they find out. She stressed that this is the female version of the Sam name. So, Sam... It, this is from Sam, not me. <laughs> so, you see the version of it, like, is it got, like, a different spelling it's or like, something about that? No, it's, it's spelled the same. Is Look, it in italics? Right, <laughs> Sam... Sam writes, hello, Kevin and Sam. Not me. That's me, that one. That Sam Look at me. her fucking emailing in saying hello to herself. The nerve of some people. <laughs> I heard on your Jumanji episode that Kevin once had two fish named Salt and Pepper. Now, that is a hilarious coincidence, as I also had two fish by the very same names. <laughs> That's less than a hilarious coincidence and more like kids aren't as inventive as we thought we were. <laughs> I received them for my fourth birthday. Salt lived until I was 19, which I, think, which I think might be some sort of record, and only passed when my father transferred him into the pond in our back garden, despite my protest not, as it would, quote, definitely kill him. So, not resurrected by a cat like yours, just simply murdered by my own kin. Wow, that is an yeah. impressive age. That's kind of like, I feel like a goldfish that gets to that age needs to get a telegram from the Queen, or a ring from the President of Ireland, or something like that. That's you an know? old fish. I don't know if this is a goldfish, but it, a, a fish has has lasted that long. Oh, she was saying old fish, not goldfish, was it? <laughs> I've had an old fish. Ah, no. We don't know what happened to Pepper, but Salt lived for a long time. Now, Sam's question is as follows, and it's twofold. What are your respective opinions on live animal slash voiceover family movies. And if a film were to be made about your two fish and cat caper, what actors would voice the lovely animals? And there's also a disclaimer here, I'm not asking you to do a swirl about that type of film. It's a terrible idea. I hate animals with voices. Uh, Best wishes, Sam. So, I mean, that's definitely a swill vote for Patreon, isn't yeah. it? Because, I mean, like, the historic voiced animal movies at the time were... Like, I remember as a kid going, this is a bit weird, this is a bit jarring. I don't, yeah. I don't, like, I don't like knowing who's talking now, you know? <laughs> this is weird. <laughs> but I think there could be a lot of fun with some of the... Like, there's, like, two sequels to Homeward Bound. Like, they right. must be hideous. Yeah. I mean, g- generally the feeling about live... Like, actual animals, but with voices, is just, like... 
It doesn't feel good, does it? No, it doesn't. It always feels a bit constrained and a bit strange. Yeah. And I mean, like, I know, I've know i known people who are involved in the world of, you know, making sure animals on sets and movies and stuff yeah. are looked after very well. And there's some people who are working in those worlds who are, you know, very much animal lovers and all that. But, you know, I, I couldn't not say that it's less than ideal for an animal to be in that anyway. And did you see, like, the new the new Harrison Ford joint that's out with the, the CG dog? And people are basically saying... That's it for dog actors now, and well, not everyone's upset about that. I, I did, I did see some trailers for that, and adverts on like little video stands in a shopping center. I saw. I kept seeing Harrison Ford be like, "This is my best friend, and it's a dog." And we're going <laughs> this on is an my best trip. movie I've ever made. <laughs> no, because if they put him on the side doing a video bus ad, Sam it'll be well. They came to me and they said, "There's this movie we want you to be in." And here's a contract with the amount of money that you will be paid to perform it. Also, there is a dog, but that does not bear upon your renumerance for this movie. And then I signed up and I did the movie and the movie is now released. Thanks, Harrison. <laughs> Great insight there, Harrison. Thank you very much. Yeah, I mean, so A Dog's Purpose came out fairly recently. And I think there was another one called like A Dog has Still Has a Purpose. Still purpose. I don't know why. There's that, that phrase, A Dog's Purpose. It's really funny to me. I can't not hear it sound in either a very angry English or Irish voice. Like, a Dog's Purpose. <laughs> Like, that sounds like the name of yeah. a play or something like that. Mm. Like, a dog's purpose. And there's a kind of an Oscar Wilde type shrugging and a bunch of wacky dogs, like... But I don't think they did the, like, funny mouth-moving thing with that. They just had, like, a voiceover going on top of the dog. Like, it's in a monologue. In a monodogue. Would be would be going the whole time. The the last sort of direct Mate, with a with a big dog, it'd be more like dinner monodogue. Dinner right? monodogue. We, we literally have made a dog's dinner of that joke I, there. I love that, like, dinner dinner monodog is so far removed from words or sense. Like, it, I like how far we've come to get to dinner monodog. It's been a team effort, Sam. Yeah. <laughs> the last interaction I had with a sort of voiceover pet animal movie mm-hmm. was when, I can't remember what it was called, it was called, like, Cats All, folks, or some shit like that, or Per Family or something. And it was a film with Kevin Spacey in it. Oh, I've seen that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And I was working on the box office, and what something that was out at the same time was selling out, and people couldn't go and see it. So they were trying to find alternate films to watch because they brought their kids along. And I would have to recommend this Kevin Spacey cat movie to them. And this is before he was a wrong one as well. Just in case Sam's like going to families, you think, going, oh, there's this great movie with a pervert who gets turned into a cat. Like, you know, oh, yeah. <laughs> I want, I want my child to learn about consequences. Let's go to that. <laughs> so that really timestamps how long ago it was that I worked at a cinema, really. And I remember when people were asked about it and they were like, is that good? And I was like, well, I haven't seen it. But my thing was, but it's got Kevin Spacey in it. So, I mean, he wouldn't... He wouldn't do anything wrong, would he? <laughs> no. <laughs> and so... Hey, fast forwards to next Christmas Eve where he comes as the cat from that movie going, Hello, it's Christmas Eve and I'm a fucking diddler. (laughs) Get back in your house. Oh, such an awful man. But uh, in answer to your question, Sam, I don't think we like them generally. It would be a swill, not a swirl. But I think we could get some fun out of them. Because I think there's a lot of them, and a lot of them are garbage. Oh, and I would have Elijah Wood voice both of Salt and Pepper. Oh, where okay, are you yeah. taking us? I'm going to bury you outside. <laughs> and uh, then I would have Tim Curry voice my cat. Just because I feel like Tim Curry would would slip into that role very, very well. Has Tim Curry voiced a cat before? I feel like he should have done. Yeah, he has voiced a cat in The Cat Returns uh, from Studio Ghibli. So, yeah. Ah, well, there we go. Uh, our next question comes in, and I, uh, look... 
who knows where this one is from. It I don't care. I don't care. You've had your email, all right? To, to, to settle down. Uh, this comes in from Lewis, who writes, Any strong opinions on movie packaging? Should box sets have those stupid trays where all the discs all sit kind of loosely on top of each other and rattle around? Or should each disc have its own individual tray and button so it's well supported? What was, the, what was the deal no. with those old Warner DVD cases where they were mostly cardboard except for a plastic strip down one side that you had to lift so you could get to the disc? I hate them. But generally, Lewis's thing is like, what do you think of movie packaging? You know what? I didn't yeah. even realise I had strong opinions until he used the phrase strong opinions and I realised I've got very fucking strong opinions about this. Hit me with them. Well, Sam, much like you, I had like season one of Lost on DVD which came in those individual mini... The little tiny sliver-thin cases. Sliver-thin? But they were proper plastic cases for the DVD. Open, functional. They had all the information on the back. You knew which one went in. And there was a game then to put the right disc in the right box. Oh, that was was... always fun. And get it the right way around. Yeah, it's it's on you. Oh, what's that? They've all lined up together to spell something. What do they spell? It's lost. But, you know, they would do that stuff like that, which was very, very good. You know, I I liked as well, like some of the old WrestleMania videos. First 15 came together to spell WrestleMania. Mm. Assuming because they thought they'd never make any more. (laughs) (laughs) But I have... Not had physical media be an active part of my life for the better part of 10 years. And I'm not saying that because I'm a snob, but just when I moved to this country, I couldn't take my, you know, three walls worth of DVDs with me. So I got a big wallet and I left all the cases at home. So my kind of views on it didn't really change. I stopped buying physical media. I started going digital. But in the last two years, Sam, I got the Hobbish trilogy on Blu-ray, mm. just because that's very important, obviously, for us to see at some point for, for, for this podcast. All of it. All three. All, all three of them as well. And they're, they're the extended ones as well, so that's that's just, you know, belt and braces. And I also was gifted the Batman animated series and the Twilight Zone series and the mm. 60s Batman series. So these are all big sets. Yeah. And when I got the Twilight so one I was like wow we finally reached peak you know DVD packaging they all slot in nicely they all have a little bit of space there's nice descriptions of the episodes and blurbs yeah and then I get these other ones and it's like my god it's like we're in 2002 I had a DVD once a beloved DVD from Adult Swim and the DVD housing was so tight that when I pushed the you know, push here a bit to yeah. let it out. Like you're meant to, it snapped the disc in two. Snapped the disc in two? The disc itself snapped in oh, two. This is you not knowing your own strength, mate. No, it's the housing just to know its own limitations. <laughs> you put a big fat DVD in there in this little fucking box. So, yeah, I'm happy to live in a digital world where I don't have to worry about that anymore, for lack of a better a term. So, in some ways, I'm happy to live in a digital world. In a lot of ways, I miss DVD extras. But then, Sam, in fairness, though, you are a digital girl. I do miss, like, a, a collector's edition. Mm. I always think, like, who's collecting these, really? But some people are. A, a thing I never would get was that there would be, like, a, a cardboard sleeve around a DVD mm. that you would then take off, and the DVD would have the exact same artwork. I hate that. I'm like, so what's the sleeve for? Is why are like you giving me the sleeve? Is it a guard? Like a salad bar I don't or something? Know. I don't know why, like, they think a, a sort of a more matte finish might make it seem more premium. Maybe. You, know what I, you know what I hate as well? When you get a DVD and it has that slip, but then it's like, exclusive to Morrison's. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And a different oh. insert for Thor Ragnarok. Like, yeah, great. Like, uh, fuck the HMV exclusive steelbook. I don't want a steelbook. I don't want any steelbook. What else do you have to put in the steelbook case? <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> Look, you've got your wooden books. I've got my <laughs> steel books. books. What's inside? A bunch of boring words. Nah, mate. Terminator 2 on DVD. I agree about the thing where you stack the DVDs on top of each other on the same sort of spindle. That fucking sucks. Oh, yeah, yeah. My my favourite box set would be the ones that just kind of, like, unfold, and it seems to go on forever. Like you ha- no, it's, I don't like it's that. It's all rolled up into is... one big thing, and then it goes... <laughs> boop, 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 boop. Too confusing to put no. it back together. It's like I have Cowboy Bebop on DVD, right? Yeah. And it's literally like a fucking map from the AA. It's so complicated. <laughs> like, at one point, I was thinking, it's all rolled out here now. I think I'll just take a picture of it and sell it, and then just wrap bin bags around Ooh. it. And put it. Yeah. That's it. Not my problem anymore. I do miss those days, you know. I don't, I don't want to be two dudes on a podcast reminiscing about physical media. But I did like the kind of, you know, do 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 No worries of me being nostalgic or reminiscing about it. No. Fuck, fuck your physical media. I hope it burns. Right, well... Well, Lewis, there's your opinion. Uh, yeah, uh, I kind of miss it, but there were some real mistakes that they made in physical media. And you know what? And I will say, if I want to get off my digital high horse here, though, there's certain things you can only get on disc. I appreciate that. Mm-hmm. And there's certain things where if you have a collection, you want to keep it going. And the joy of collecting, I will never take that away from anyone, the joy of collection. And sometimes Netflix takes things down. And also as well, Sam, yeah. digital services have their own difficult DVD packaging to contend with, i.e. their user interfaces. Ah. which. Oftentimes can be more condescending and more infuriating than even the most obtuse folding mechanism. Someone's been using Prime Video because <laughs> it's fucking weird. You know what? And there are plenty of other services out there, and Loads they're all available. fucked up. <laughs> <laughs> Nightmare and, the, and the risk of offending Jeff Bezos. Look, all of them are rubbish, mate. Jeff, you're doing a great job. Good but on y- you, mate. You've got billions. That's your excuse, right? <laughs> you know? I've got too much money. I don't know what to do with it. I'm getting confused. Anyway, Lewis, you know, yeah, th- there were some difficulties. But the Sopranos one had salami on the on the disc. So that was, oh, that wow. was great. Okay, that's you know? cool. On the disc, it had like yeah, a any, cold Yeah, any cuts. food-based ones. Because like, I, I used to get the Aquatine Hunger Force DVDs. Because back in the day, you couldn't stream it online. Because online streaming didn't exist. So I used to yeah. get them. And for my region-free DVD player, I pressed up, down, left, right, eject twice. And I'm watching stuff from the USA. <laughs> and they'd have like a fried egg disc they have one that was just like sick you know i, I loved yeah. that great bad food dvds have existed and i appreciated any time there was effort put in to actually the box being something fun itself yeah so it turns out lewis we do have some strong opinions uh, so thank you for bringing that up our final question here comes in from matthew who writes on a recent episodes brackets pretty woman i think the boys were talking about shorts and newsreels before movies mm. i'm lucky enough that one of my local cinemas the plaza in stockport has someone who curates old clips and shorts to show before special screenings i saw goodfellas there a couple of years back and they showed a bunch of old crime doesn't pay type oh, reels. oh that's awesome it's a great cinema and i think kevin in particular would love it all right mate <laughs> Well, no, fairness, Sam, that's like saying, like, oh, it's, you know, you wouldn't want to go to your workplace, though, would you? Well, you know? no, I suppose, yeah, yeah, yeah. But he said, I think Kevin would love it. Apart from the fact that they play the national anthem over a picture of the Queen at the end of screenings. Ah, no. I've had daggers stared at me for not standing up during it. Oh, man, I'd totally be Cape Fear there smoking a cigar going, <laughs> <laughs> throwing popcorn at her <laughs> all this to say do you do either of you have a favorite cinema and is there anything weird about it as the anthem thing i mean you've talked about the kinema in the woods in lincoln yeah i mean that's in kinema woods in, in woodhull spa turns out you know something equally as good as bad you know from oh robert webb came out of woodhull spa uh, but don't worry the kinema in the woods is there yay, yay. so yeah uh, the highest recommendation for that in previous yeah. episodes i mentioned 
it and kind of the sense of nostalgia for a time that I wasn't alive during is is, is palpable. We yeah. don't have there. We didn't have any of the old national anthem, but they would do things like have the organ play. I think I told in Star Wars we had the interval and the man came up on the organ and played Star Wars on the organ. Yeah, and that's that for me. That's honestly one of my most precious memories ever seen a midnight screening in a place like that and the guy's playing the organ you know yep. that was like fucking the coolest shit ever i will i will remember the kinman in the woods forever and if i go back mm. to lincolnshire it's like top of my list to to go back to uh, in terms of my favorite cinema i you know i get all of that nostalgia i like those cinemas where it's all fancy and they have sofa seats and it's like oh you can get a drink and there's a bar and there's a guy who comes out with blankets and all that kind of thing but it's the one i used to work at because they have really big comfy seats and they're it recliners <sighs> and it's i'm getting emotional thinking about it <laughs> <laughs> do, they, do they wave you through like yeah he's cool yeah he's cool yeah. <laughs> yeah. and they've got a little thing that you can put your feet up on it's just it's it's glorious Not, you know what big cinema chain with loads of mod cons that's what I want mate uh, right well you want you want your nacho sauce don't you like I, I just want a cup of tea that's all I want like. give me that neon yellow sauce on my nacho give me a recliner yes please comfy leather you know what somewhere I will point out as well because I think you and I have performed stand-up comedy underneath it so many times and I've mm. been there many times as a viewer of cinema experience and I've had fabulous memories there and yep. I think they do such a great job at the Prince Charles Cinema in London oh yes yes, yes. in Leicester Square I mean mm. I saw Tim and Eric do a live commentary of Billion Dollar Movie there and mm. you know they do things like on Sunday mornings when I was there once they were like they played two episodes of The Prisoner or two episodes of Twin Peaks you know go have your, your lunch and then come see this you know for a lazy batinee and like stuff like that I love when, when there is a genuine love of movies and curation there and they have a podcast as well the Prince Charles Cinema so do check it out great bunch of folks I saw that Mean Girls quote along screening there which is wonderful yeah I need to go back there next time I'm in London whenever that happens I will say I currently don't have a favourite cinema right here in Manchester in Manchester I mean there's places I I frequented I feel like all the places but if there is somewhere that you think I don't have a favourite I don't have a favourite and I've I've been I've been to all the chains I've been to I've been to home as well and like I like there's a problem you see with some art house cinemas no, mate, 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 mate. Put, putting a DVD on in your house doesn't count as a cinema yet. You can't say, I've been home and watched the film and that's my favourite cinema. Grow up. Mate, Jesus. I've got a big telly, yeah? yeah. <laughs> and I've got upscaling on my HD DVD player. <laughs> but, you know, there's a lot of places where I would say I love them as art house cinemas and all that, but they're very obviously, like, kind of converted, like... Um, like they're not cinemas originally. Like they're obviously like your know, big lecture theaters that have had cinema screens yeah. put into them, and yeah, it's yeah. kind of like the doors in a weird place and all that. So if there's any old timey cinemas in anywhere in man, you know the north and west region, let me know because yeah. I've I've been as far as Cheshire, Ch- Cheshire. <laughs> <laughs> one of the two maybe both at the same maybe time maybe both at the same time so thank you all for your questions I'm closing up the mailbag I'm putting it over there we're back hello hi hey. welcome to this post mailbag era Sam are you excited for The Wizard of Oz I'm I'm curious about it I know people really want me to see it I know it's a musical we've done alright with musicals we have we've had a pretty good yeah. run you know had fun with Grease for the most part had yeah. a lot of fun with Mary Poppins so yeah uh-huh. uh, I think I, I'm expecting a similar vibe to Mary Poppins maybe I mean, when, when was this when did this come out? So it came out in 1939, I believe, Sam. And wow. also, if memory serves correctly, this may be one of, if not the first movies we've done this podcast that I believe is entirely in the public domain now. So, as oh, a, is it? I think so. 
I mean, ah. we may look into this, but we could just play the audio of the entire movie now and then do a cinema sort afterwards, and people think, oh, what a bumper app, but maybe we shouldn't. Or we could play uh, Pink Floyd's Dark Side of the Moon, and while people were watching the film, they could sync up with it. Is that the one that it syncs up with? I'm pretty sure Pink Floyd, they're notoriously not litigious in any way. They don't really care no, about their IP. they're fine with that kind of thing. You can say what you want, it's fine. <laughs> That's one of those things that stone people say, isn't it? That, like, yeah, no, it's true, it syncs up, yeah. Dark, yeah. I mean, it, it it does. Does it? It does. Right. Well, maybe... I mean, for- I mean, I've had someone do it and skip to the bits that that really sync up. Yeah. But I, I'm not a Pink Floyd fan. I don't even like this movie that much. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Like, really? Like, oh, I don't really like cucumbers. Why don't you have more cucumbers on a sandwich then instead? So you know? So, I mean, so you're not a big fan of nah. this. You know, you don't, you don't love it. This was the definition of the movie that I was sat down in front of, and I remember being like, ah... Ah, okay. you're acting like a cartoon and you're not. Just show me cartoons. Right. But this holds a, a special place in a lot of people's hearts. So I'm going to go into this optimistically. Thinking we're off to see the wizards. <laughs> we're going down the yellow brick roads. I'm optimistic. I'm, I'm trying to be positive about this. I know a lot of people love it. A lot of people who listen to this love it. Like, I'm not going to be more optimistic for you because you were so happy with Face Off. I love like, Face Off. It feels like every movie we've watched in the last like, month or two, you've just fucking loved. So I has don't just yeah, you've got plenty of hold over goodwill, surely. Has this got Nick Cage in it? <laughs> I don't know who's in it, by the way, but then I don't think I know many actors from... I'm melting! I'm melting! Oh, what a world! I'm melting! <laughs> <laughs> I don't know actors from that era, I don't think. I think the main one might be called Julie. Julie. Julia. Julie Garden. That's her. Sure. Ju- yeah. Julie Garden. <laughs> but other than that, I don't know who else is in it. Okay. So you're happy you're happy for us to head down the yellow brick road down? I think so. And, yeah. 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 Okay. Well, say it along with me, folks. There's no place like Swirl. There's no, no place, place like, like swirl. swirl. There's no place like Swirl. back sam i just had the most magnificent swirl and you were there and i was there and you listening at home weren't there because that would have been a bit strange if you were all there but you were there i was there you was i had a little picture of sam up just beside the movie as it was playing and that way he's always on telly isn't he (laughs) (laughs) i mean hey you know what yeah 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 Really? Yeah. 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 That's your initial gut reaction? That's my initial gut reaction. I, I jumped the gun and I came in with my initial gut reaction before you'd asked what my initial gut reaction was. But my initial gut reaction is, yeah. He, he jumped the gun, he clapped his hands and he said, yeah, folks, that is your initial gut reaction. Your IGR, put that in the graph for now. I'd like people to actually do a qualitative analysis of the initial gut reactions and the noises and the timber and the tone of those noises. I don't even know if timber's a thing. I just like that word. Is that yeah. a thing in, in sound? I think it's a thing in, like, lumberjack community. <laughs> <laughs> tombre. The tombre of the tombre. sound. The tombre. I like yeah. that. That's when a noise is French. That's uh, <laughs> what it is. We. Oui. Oui. Bon. <laughs> we open in... 1939. Great year. Uh, 1939, I'm sure. Yeah. Uh, 
Yeah, it was alright, was it? Yeah, probably. Are you like me and you always forget when World War II started and therefore you earmark the period of 1935 to like 1952, just to be safe, like I'm sure? Roughly wartime. Yeah, look, I'm not going to admit that on the podcast. I mean, I have. But I'm not 100% <laughs> sure what the, the like start date was. I should know. It's that vague time period, you know, when movies were black and white and wars were worlds, you know, that yeah, time. that time. <laughs> also a time when the opening credits are much longer than the closing credits. Yeah, this is uh, before Georgie Boy Lucas came and booked the trend here. Yeah. Is it strange to have that? Because I always look at a cinema swirl running time and I kind of go, well, I'm five minutes before the end. I'm kind of going, well, I'm basically done now, right? So Kevin, I thought the same thing. I was like, well, it's it's an hour four but that's going to be an hour 35 30 maybe if we if we consider the credits but no this like this runs right till the end the end credits is like not to skip right to the end but literally i'm gonna the end credits is like hot 30 seconds or something it comes in quick yeah not since netflix has been such a disregard for the post credits like you know it's, it's unbelievable <laughs> yeah. surprising shrink them down and then the mirror flip reverse them no one must know who made this although i was paying attention to some of the names because i love watching any movie from a bygone era and those are the best types of eras where you to watch movies from uh-huh. on this podcast and just see like any of the weird names that stick out yeah were there any funny ones there was there was one one that really funny i don't know why it made me laugh so much but costumes by adrian <laughs> just adrian just adrian adrian just adrian yeah. yeah i like that adrian has no need for surnames you know i did these costumes for you adrian <laughs> 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 so yeah it's uh, not necessarily black and white we are kind of four three at the start Sepia. it's oh you say that's the word for it because nah. i've written down headache beige and bad food shit brown and <laughs> i don't think that is the correct <laughs> nomenclature for it you know when you, you take a photo on your phone it's got those filters one of them is it well it's those two isn't it it's, yeah like back in the old days when they spilled tea and coffee and everything yeah. and it kind of looked a bit weird and murky bit embarrassing that they've done that really they've, it's supposed to be black and white but it's like brown and white and i think some, something's gone wrong it's not a great start sam is basically what we're saying it's here a for terrible a black and start. white yeah yeah but what i did learn was that this is where over the rainbow comes from how do you not know that i didn't know that i just th- oh i thought my, come i on. thought that was pre-existing wasn't it strange to you when there was an andrew lloyd webber musical about the wizard of oz the reality series called I... literally somewhere over the rainbow Look. where each week contestants dresses dorothy sang one of the three or four songs from this movie i didn't watch it and I, I i don't want to upset you but i haven't really engaged with andrew lloyd webber's reality show audition shows for his musicals have you engaged with his movies though sam not really oh there's a swirl mm. <laughs> There's a swirl right there. You know, I was wondering, Sam, how many people came into this hearing the scuttlebutt on the streets and then the newsreels going, The Wizard of Oz, that's that big colourful movie that's coming out. It's going to change the way you think about cinema, friend. And then they go in and they see the opening bit and they're like, oh, yeah, no, no, yeah, yeah. It, sepia. Yeah, no, this yeah. is... No, <laughs> that, yeah, that's no. the revolution in colour. They've slightly tinted the black and white to a different colour. Yeah, no, yeah. It's like when we were given HDR for the first time. We're all sitting there going, no, it is good. Yeah, I like this. No, yeah. it is. It's very good. I can tell what's happening with HDR. I understand. I get it. I, I can see the high dynamic range. I think... Maybe, because this was filmed in, like, Technicolor. Maybe that means technically colour. If you look at it, you're like, 
Well, it is brown, which is a colour. So this is technically colour. But, you know, the, I mean, the Technicolor stuff comes into it later. This isn't the first colour film. No, no. But it's a big one. I know it's it's big in that it was considered to be, like, the amount of people who've described, like, seeing colour in the movie, for the, like, in this movie, yeah. like, it's this fucking big revelation thing. Mm. And I'm sure there's been stuff that was, like, because they used to colour in the actual, you know, the old, some of the old, like, Disney movies and stuff like that. I know they actually literally coloured in the actual film itself. Right, I know okay. they did it for a lot of live action movies as well, hmm. where they actually literally would take the film and painstakingly paint it wow. in to make it colour. So I'm not sure if this is the case that this was actually filmed in colour as opposed to a this, movie. This, this is filmed in colour, I believe. This is filmed so, in Technicolor. So this so is that, a colour film. Yeah, it's not something you necessarily expect to see in 1939, although if our Citizen Kane reviews anything to go by, this whole old period is just like lumped together of a computer. Like, is it, oh. It's amazing to think like in like 20 or 30 years time, people will lump in like 2010 with the 80s. You know, just, ah, you know that period of time. And the only through line is cocaine there, really. <laughs> There's nothing else really linking it together. The kind of analogue I, ha- I have in my head for what this must have been like was, you know when fucking Avatar came out and everyone lost their shit about 3D and you're like, you have to go and see Avatar because it's in 3D and you can see it in three dimensions. And Re- refresh my memory. You saw it or you didn't see it with the family? I can't remember. I, I haven't seen it in 3D. But you have seen it? I think I've seen... I'm not even sure with Avatar. I'm pretty sure I've watched like a DVD or Blu-ray version of it at some point. You've seen it more than me, basically, is what I'm yeah. getting here. Yeah. I think I've seen Avatar. I don't consider... I don't think Avatar belongs on cinema as well. See, I was having this discussion with, with Joe the other day because Joe and a lot of fans are very eager for a reverse swirl eventually. Mm. I fired up the old Disney Plus and there's Avatar with a new jazzy font. Like, they've moved away from Papyrus. Right. And I was like, I've not seen it and I think Sam has. And Joe's like, well, that's not a classic movie. And I was like, well, it kind of kind it is and it isn't. In that it's a 3D movie that was very much a blockbuster and important at the time. So, I don't know, maybe we should do that. If, if there's nothing else for a reverse <laughs> swirl that's more of a, a, a hit, then that's Look, gotta be it, right? I don't want Avatar to just be like, well, if there's nothing else that we could do for that, <laughs> then we'll just do fucking Avatar. Well, that would be good, because that would be nipping the concept of reverse swirl in the bud then, essentially. Yeah. Like, oh, <laughs> oh, you want that? Well, here you go, here's Avatar then, enjoy Avatar. But that is what I can compare this to in my mind, in terms of like a big, what felt like a big, I and mean, this is bigger, but that was a thing where people had to go and see something in the pictures because yeah. of a new technology. I imagine loads of people got like headaches and sick and stuff afterwards as well. Because, oh, colour, I'm not used to seeing that. You know, yeah. that type of a thing. Yeah, stuff like that from this. Like, whoa, colours, what's going on? And that is why this movie begins with a dedication saying that it's dedicated to the young at heart. Yeah. Young at yeah, it's a, it's a nice little dedication, although a little bit strange. Well, I didn't know this was based on a book. Oh, really? I didn't know there was a Wizard of Oz book. Yeah, there's a bunch of them. Yeah, I didn't know uh, that. Those books are pretty fucking dark. Like, I was going to say, okay. this movie, I had not seen it in so long, and I was shocked at like how dark it was, or how like on the nose it was, mm. you know? And this is someone who looks back at wrestling from the 90s, and like, wow, that was shocking, but then like, wow, 1939 kids' movies, they have shocking in their own right, but I have a good authority I've not read them that apparently the Wizard of Oz books are like seriously like twisted macabre oh, wow, tales okay. yeah. for little boys and girls in the 1920s well this was like four t- that was the book was released like 40 years before this film so oh, that's now. like 
18, nearly 1800s. Imagine if other adaptations that came out now had had the little bit at the start where it's like, I know this is very important for everyone, but we're going to give it our best go. So here's <laughs> Scarlett Johansson as Ghost in a Shell. <laughs> <laughs> dedicated to the young in heart, we dedicate this picture to you. So we're introduced to Dorothy and Toto. Toto and Dorothotho. And some horrible woman has hit the little doggy. Boo. Miss Gulch fucking shit yeah. up as usual. Ugh. Aunt M and Uncle... Uh, uncle, I think. Uh, I think it's it's Uncle Baru. Uh, pretty sure it's the same as in Star Wars. Okay, uh, that, sure. That's the character's name, I believe. The aunt and uncle are a bit disinterested. Oh, we're tending to the farm. It's stressful. There's some farm lads around. One of them's called Hunk, which I love. Uh, Hunk and Zeke, yeah, which is a yeah. like great, great tag team name there. A lot of very stressed out chicks at the start. They're like, we're going to lose these chicks. And like shaking them, and like, all right, yeah, yeah you're definitely yeah. gonna lose them. Like, I, I, are you actually mean like physically lose them? Because yeah, clutching them in your hands, you will not lose them, but they will lose their life. So <laughs> please stop. There's already a bit of foreshadowing, and I could kind of see where this was going straight away. So Hunk says, "You ain't using your head. You'd think you didn't have any brains at all, hmm. or your head ain't made of straw, you know." Remind you of anybody? Wait a minute. Yeah, I like the 1930s speak, though. You know, a phrase. This is like jabber whopping. Like, that's great. Yeah, that's good. Buffaloing someone to buffalo or to have buffaloed. Don't let that woman buffalo you. That, that really long sentence that is buffalo, 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 buffalo. buffalo. Stop saying buffalo in there. <laughs> it's, t- it's time to sing the song. Somewhere over the football. <laughs> scoring goals. <laughs> we are playing for England. Scoring a football goal. <laughs> That's the best. You know what? No, Sam, you fancy hit the nail on the head there. Because the best type of a goal is a football goal. You know, those are. I mean, yeah, I've got goals, but have you got football goals? Sometimes in the beautiful game, people score a rugby goal, and you're like, mate, that's not on. Yeah, a nice try, but that's not what we're after here. <laughs> mate, what are your football goals? Easy, uh, mate. Goals. You know. <laughs> Yeah, she's singing that song because she's longing for a place where there isn't any trouble, where she won't fall into a pigsty, where she w- her dog won't get attacked. Hey, Sam, I'm Dorothy. Well, I, well, Aunt Em, I'm going to go find Toto. What's that? Time to sing a song. So <laughs> the rainbow. I mean, there's quite a lot of this, but that, that's that's musical par for the course, isn't it? That it will suddenly go into a studio recording of the song. Is this the equivalent of like you better respect the song and put some bass in your voice when it leaves you? Your mouth because that's some serious fucking bass. The room was shattering in here. Like <laughs> now, I'm gonna say something to you here. Somewhere over the rainbow, yeah, it is a brilliant song. What have Weezer covered it? Have they? <sighs> Look, I, I do like Weezer. I mean, but they probably have though, haven't they? Probably, like? yeah, probably on some fucking covers album that they did and they and where they just earnestly covered everything exactly as it sounded when it was originally released i'm like well, wh- i want it to sound like weezer i don't want you to sound like you know aha come on guys look i just ask you to put the same effort into those albums that you put into the special weezer zone in Fortnite because uh, i feel like you know the kids who are playing that i mean if they've got to learn about weezer someday you yeah. know and i'm worried that a lot of children won't eat weezer and like i really want to you know introduce it to them young when you set the bar that high you're going to struggle but you've really got you've got to at least try and get over it guys come on so i thought somewhere over the rainbow it's a brilliant song mm. and you know what i genuinely just enjoyed the experience of listening to it and letting some nice sepia imagery soak in and i had a great time just listening to somewhere over the rainbow did you look out the window when you heard the song no i didn't 
good because uh, if you do that you're you know a better than half chance of getting a sense of ennui uh, so be careful with that I didn't want any ennui I just wanted some tombre in yeah in it, it's much, much better like if there's any raindrops in that windowsill stay away that's a red flag avoid it at all costs Miss Gulch is basically going to fuck shit up she's like that little dog bit me now I want you to make sure and I quote that dog is destroyed destroyed yeah so she gets so we could go straight from somewhere over the rainbow to some really menacing music for Miss <laughs> Gulch <laughs> who, to be fair, does seem like an absolute bollocks as a person. Yeah, once the dog destroyed, I will see to it that that dog is destroyed. You know, in, in the parlance of Westmeath, she's an absolute fucking battle axe here. This is yeah. ser- She is a serious force of nature, not in a good way. And I tell you what, Dorothy it goes as far as to call her a wicked old witch. Hmm. 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 Wait a minute. Oh, Maybe well she's the cowardly witch from the priest world that we alluded to, <laughs> right? So basically, Dorothy's got a lot of problems. Yeah. Family stressed out. Boss man's on her. Miss Gulch is on her. And then she runs away, which is pretty much a solid, solid plan there. Toto escapes from captivity. He, he's being taken away, but he manages to get away. Dorothy escapes too. Now, there's a, a fun line from Aunt M who says, For 23 years, I've been dying to tell you what I thought of you. She's saying this to Miss Gulch. And now, well, being a Christian woman, I can't say it. It's because, like, she was going to swear or call, or call her a bollocks or something, but she Oh, can't. I thought she was going to die. Like, I've been dying. Uh, and then that's it. Like, you know, oh, shit. <laughs> I've been dying to tell you. And now is my time. Good day to you. Uh, no, that doesn't happen. But Dorothy wants to escape, right? And she arrives at Professor Marvel's wagon. So the, I, I didn't realise the Marvel Cinematic Universe extended this far. Oh, yeah, it goes back. The reach is long, Sam. Yeah, nearly a hundred yeah. years into the past. And I do love what a bumbling charlatan this man seems to be. <laughs> Yeah, now here's another red flag for you. Anyone who says that they have got any sort of a solution to your life involving crystals, Mm. unless you are someone who is like, no, I can't really think of any situations. No, unless you're in the crystal maze. There you go. That's the one time someone can say, yeah, you know what? You've got a problem. I'm going to solve it. Here are some crystals. Great. I've loads more time in the final zone now. I really appreciate that. Any other time i got a problem, I don't want to hear about your crystals. I will take that kind of carry on from Richard Iowadi or Richard O'Brien only. Oh, just those two. Two Richards, and those are the ones who I will accept, because they are, I believe, is it Richard O'Brien? The hosts of the Crystal Maze. There was another one as well who wasn't as good as Richard O'Brien, but he's very much the Timothy Dalton of the Crystal (laughs) Maze universe, so I don't really care about the, I don't know, license to kill He's out the door. Forget about him. Stephen Merchant doesn't count. And also, on that rule of thumb, Mm. that rule of thumb is also the exception to the rule of never trust a man in a tiger print coat. Right. (laughs) Yeah. You know what, because I feel I sometimes hold back on the advice in this podcast and I think I shouldn't be nagging people now. Mm. But that bit of advice, I'm, I'm happy to let out because someone messaged me the other day on Instagram and said, I had a sore throat and then I had brown bread and sun vinegar crisps and now I feel really good. Ah. So the advice is working, guys. Avoid okay. men in tiger print coats. Stay safe. There we go. So your advice isn't quite as much of a kind of falsehood as this guy who's got a kind of a fake crystal really hey, Professor Falsehood that's what they should call him <laughs> but Dorothy's taken in by this she thinks he can see things about her life in this crystal but really he's just had a look at a photo and seen that she has you know someone in her life and he's kind of doing that psychic thing of being like oh I'm getting a uh, someone you care about an older relative uh, auntie and you know then goes through that Sam I have three precious words for you to put into any video search software cold reading fail. It's the best time you will ever have in your life. I warn you all, your skin may crawl off your body.
Hardy. Okay, thank you. He says that Aunt Em is crying and her heart's been broken and she's collapsing onto the bed and things like that. So Dorothy's like, oh God, I've, I've killed my auntie. Quickly, give me the healing crystal. <laughs> I'd better head back and see if she's okay. And then Professor Marvel says, there's a storm blowing up, a whopper. A whopper is a good 1930s bit of language there. And then he yeah. says to speak in the vernacular of the peasantry, which again... That's a great... Oh, oh. You know, I mean, it's, it's a bit harsh, but he says, Poor little kid, hope she gets home all right. In the vernacular of the peasantry. There's a certain lyricism to that sentence, Sam, mm. I think, is, is what's particularly good about it. But this just ain't any old storm. It's a twister. It's a twister. It's, it's a, twister. a twister. And this is before the people have been given the tools to deal with this, which is the twist. Yeah. And the 50s, twist came around. Everyone stopped being scared of tornadoes twisters you know anything like that that was the golden period and then the movie twister came out and that really shook things up really yeah. in like a twister would and now we're scared of them again you know you fight fire with fire you fight twister with twist and <laughs> these are more bits of advice that we can dish out here on cinema well thank you exactly. for listening thank you for listening the family's gone underground into the storm cellar i've never seen a storm cellar but now i know what those kind of like underground doors are in like oldie timey films and games and things that's what that is it's a storm cellar so they go down into there i have one dream in life sam a one proper adult dream now that i really i want to actualize i want to live somewhere with a cellar or a basement i've always wanted a cellar or a basement i know and i mean yeah. like oh i remember the last time i was looking for somewhere to live and there was a place and it was like everything about it was wrong it was too expensive it was like right beside a school it was like because it was really noisy it was right on the main yeah. road it was you know it was oh it was such a bad idea but i was like top two considerations because it had a basement and they swept yeah. it up a bit as well when i had to look and i was like yeah i could see myself living in this basement where my head will hit the ceiling every single time i go into it but i was still enamored sam and the folks in america are probably like what do you mean a cellar we's all got them over here <laughs> they're very rare over here to have a, a home with a, a basement or a cellar you got they all got cellars and swimming pools yeah. you know and, and uber eats all of the mod cons <laughs> we've barely got deliveroo you know so <laughs> count your blessings so dorothy gets knocked unconscious she got fucking ko'd with a windowsill it was scary it's the flimsiest bit of like window frame that comes and gets it it looks like it's made of like toilet roll or something just i went around and i gave all the windowsills a little bit of a tap just to make sure they're good <laughs> and sturdy because we've had some high winds here recently and i i don't think i'd survive if a windowsill came flying at me like dorothy is look maybe is this all like cte what happens after here that she's had this severe concussion from being smacked in the back of the head with a heavy wooden frame i think that's the implication isn't it that this is yeah. all like you know a, a kind of coma dream well not a coma dream but like a knocked out imagining you know i got knocked out and hit in the head so many times when i was a kid from various accidents yeah and i never had any of this shit no. it's so shit like what's i mean I, I just feel that more people like me who actually got bopped on the head as a kid needs to actually make some movies so it could be like yeah and then i bopped <laughs> my head and i didn't remember it you and know? it just really hurt <laughs> <laughs> The the shots here of being inside the cyclone and things flying by her window for the 1930s are re really pretty good. This. Oh, yeah. 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 And I feel it's like not fair that the only other movie from, I say this time period, 20 years mm. prior nearly, but like Citizen Kane is like such an artistic, bespoke masterpiece. Yeah. But the fact that a kind of a big blockbuster like this has that same level of like, oh, that looks very, you know, impressive for the time. Even mm. 20 years later, I think it, it, it impresses over and over and over 
over again. And I think it impresses in a way, unlike Citizen Kane, where it's like, oh, he's got a great eye here. This is a really good shot. This is more like they've got a lot of means and resources and, you know, really smart people working on this who can actualize all this really high concept stuff. And talk about something that we've seen in a million things. Mm. The looking at the window and stuff going by, they've used that gag in The Simpsons like nine times. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And I swear, Simpsons and Futurama, if they if the Wizard of Oz and Citizen Kane doesn't exist, you're listening like twenty percent of the jokes there's, from there's both. Whole of those episodes that yeah, just get gone. removed. Yeah. Just yeah. completely <laughs> gone. But that shot's wonderful. You'll probably hear a lot about my love of like practical effects and sets and mm. costumes here. Because this film looks expensive. But that's the first kind of like really I, I do love that shot. I love the model house spinning around. The very clearly Wait, that was a model. Oh, of course, no. it was a model. Oh, that makes a lot more sense. Yeah, because I, I written now really impressed they spun that around the house. Like. <laughs> they picked that up with a big crane and spun it around. They, they put all the munchkins to work. All the extras, like, come on, heave, ooh, ah, like, spin this fucking around. Like. And so the house is spinning around. This cyclone. This big scary music, and then the music suddenly stops once the house thuds to the ground. Do you notice the little subtle hint here, where you see Mrs. Grunk and she's on her bike and then it go, she looks and it goes duh, 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 and she turns into a witch mm-hmm. and then her bike turns into a broom the broom which is the bike of the witch the, yes the broom is the bike of the witch you know I mean if, if your bike gets bitten by a witch it'll turn into a broom it will which, 100% if you to sweep up and you've only got limited means and resources there's a way there's a that way that was a nice transition between Gulch and witch you know it, 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 was, it was very good and so Kevin we get the moment here the big moment of Dorothy stepping outside of her home that's crashed to the ground into this beautiful colourful set Everything is in colour now. And we're going to spend a good 20 minutes here because this set is very big and expensive and there's a million extras here, all of whom have got their own little song. Yes. I mean, if this was your first or one of the first times you saw Technicolor on screen on film, then this must have been absolutely fucking mind-blowing. This is great, right? Sam, I mean, I remember the first time I played Witcher 3 Blood and Wine. It's pretty much the same thing, man, you know? Sure, sure. uh, Because I wrote down here is very colourful, like when the weather is finally nice. (laughs) (laughs) You know when when the weather weather is nice? I don't mean when the weather is nice. Because the weather's nice right now. I don't mean that. I mean when the weather is finally nice. When you awaken from a slumber and the weather has turned. Ah, the weather's nice. Or when it's been bad. Oh, finally. There we Mm, go. When you emerge into nice weather. And we get the the famous line here as well, don't we? Sure, we're not in Wicklet anymore, so we're not. (laughs) (laughs) Now, this whole Munchkinland, the area, as they're panning around it, I think it's great. I think there's a lot of craftsmanship that's gone into it. I think oh, yeah. it looks it looks beautiful. The colours are great for Technicolor. This all, it pops, it's vivid, it's saturated. It does have a bit of a mini golf feel to it, though. <laughs> I was gonna say Mario Kart, like yeah. I wanna drive around <laughs> here, you know, slide into Munchkins. Whoa! You know things of that nature. I do love it. That's not a that's not a diss. That's not a dunk. All right? Oh no, mine was a hardcore dunk. All you Wizard yeah. of Oz heads. It looks like Mario Kart. Fucking fight me, yeah. It looks like a really fun place to drive around. Yeah, and guess what? I play as Wario on it as well, and I'd leave fucking bananas everywhere. Ha 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 There's a big colourful bubble appearing in front of Dorothy here. Some more effects. Yeah, I'm a big fan of this because uh, I've got here orbs. Love these. Big Act- orb. Oh, no. And there's a lot of orbs in this movie when you least expect them. And yes. this was one of the best uses of orbs in a movie. I'm very happy with it. And this orb has a good witch in it. And this 
and the the house has been dropped on the wicked witch of the east. Yeah, this is this is some pretty cruel shit right here. Cause yeah. she's like, Are you a good witch or are you a bad witch? And like, well, she just murdered someone, so should that like, you know, maybe colour your opinion of her a little bit? North witch, she looks like a big cake. <laughs> she does look like a big cake. Oh no. <laughs> you know, delicious. And I don't mean that in a weird pervy way. Just she she looks like, you know, if she had flavour. I don't know what I'm saying here. This is getting too too dangerous. Look, but, mate, just don't know. talk about it anymore because if you do, Paul Holly will come and run a knife under her backside and rip her in <laughs> two, right? So we don't want to be talking anymore about these comparisons. We have his attention i don't want any more of us now this point where they're talking about are you a good witch or a bad witch you've just killed the wicked witch of the east this has given context and this is a bit indulgent for me to a video that i've seen on social media many a time of two people arguing about the relationship between the wicked witch of the east and the good witch and whether that whether the good witch is a princess or a witch and it's the kind of you're gonna sit here and tell me that i'm wrong the wicked witch of the east bro that video where (laughs) two men are arguing about who what the relationship is between the good good witch is the good witch a princess you you know what sam now more than ever we need arguments you know and i'm glad to see that you know even the most benign of topics she floated down in a bubble and wears a crown, Doug. You know. So, sorry, that's just for me. Because I've watched that video many times. <laughs> and now I you love have the context. Just, and now I have the context. Now I know. And now I think that the man who's shouting might be wrong. Because I think... <laughs> this is like the future of Cinema Swirl here. Because it's like Cinema Swirl episode one. Wow, I'll finally understand some of those episodes <laughs> of The Simpsons. Cinema Swirl in the year 2020. Man, I'll finally understand those dank meme videos <laughs> I've been watching on TikTok well, o'clock. But I think that the North Witch is is a witch. She mm. looks like a princess, but she's a good witch. She refers to herself as a witch. Yeah. So I think the guy who's shouting is wrong. Mate. And that Doug is actually right. Let's call a witch a witch, yeah? You know, let's yeah. just leave it at that, you know? That's for you to say, but uh, <laughs> all right, cool. Um, so we see just some ruby slippers sticking out from underneath the house on some kind of stripy socked legs. Yeah, and this is kind of like, you know, I get the feeling of entitlement. You know, once you have done a murder, I'm mm. sure the rush is unbelievable. You know, and I'm sure you feel like you could do. You feel like you're you're God's gift, and you could do anything you want. But mm. that doesn't mean you should be going stealing footwear afterwards as well. You know? No. Well, she's in Munchkinland, and the people here now see her as a heroine because she's killed the witch. Yeah, and they also are sort of embellishing the story. They're like Dorothy. She fell from a star. A star. She fell from a dirty old house that killed someone. No, she fell from a star, and Kansas is the name of the star. So that's the story now. This is how legends start, right? We start exploring the space, you know, Mm -hmm. all that old set, and I love it, you know, old-timey. We like the classic stuff here in Cinema Swirl. Proper old set, brick and mortar. These days, they're probably made out of Rick and Mortar or something like that. Instead, <laughs> some modern thing for the kids. everywhere. Yeah. Oh, Jesus, oh, now. And then I wrote a, ba- a bad song. These munchkins did a, ba- did a bad song. Because they're talking about a very difficult topic, which is the murder of someone here. And yeah, we don't know much about this East Side Wicked Witch. But he said, the munchkin leader says, You killed her so completely. We, <laughs> we thank, thank you, you very sweetly. <laughs> and if you die. Before you wake, <laughs> I'll pray the Lord your soul to take. Yeah, so we get Ding Dong the Witch is Dead, Witch of Witch, the Wicked Witch. Uh, sorry, Sam. Ding Dong the Witch is Dead. Don't you mean my new Man United charity single? England, the pitch is red. <laughs> Which old pitch? <laughs> old Trafford. <laughs> 
Ah, bravo. Ding dong, the pitch is red. Come on. Here we go. Come on. More like, come on, you reds, am I right? (laughs) So these, the the munchkins, I wasn't sure if the munchkins were like good or bad because it it has a a little bit of a scary vibe to it. This, this area of kind of. Yeah. Any song that involves a line from the coroner going, she's really most sincerely dead. Okay. We, can I just see the autopsy report? You don't need to sing your findings, okay? It's a little bit macabre. <laughs> we meet the Lullaby League and the Lollipop Guild. Oh, the Lollipop Guild. Those are salty. We're the Lollipop Guild. <laughs> and if you're looking for wake of a similar nature. <laughs> are these, they look like children made up to look like old, bald men. Is that what's happening here? I know with the Munchkins that there was a mixture, I believe, okay. of little people, folks with dwarfism, yeah. and I believe there were children as well. Okay, yeah. Because I know that there was a thing like a few years ago where it's like, the last surviving cast member of The Wizard of Oz is dead. It was like, one of the Munchkins. One of the Munchkins. It was 107 yeah. or whatever. It is, right. You know? All right, you know. <laughs> but this is all mad, and I do really like it because there's a lot of costuming and detail and imagination in this whole sequence and scene. There's so much scene setting and, you know, this this whole village has all these little people with their little clubs and little roles and all going, it's, it's great. Yeah, and you, you can see this with no context and it makes probably just as much sense. Yeah. Like, this movie, we said it before, there's a few like this where you could fall asleep at any point. Mary Poppins, I think, the same. Mm. You could fall asleep at any point and you could wake up and, like, once you know the purpose of the yellow brick road, you pretty much know the, the direction the movie is heading at any given time. Well, it's following the Right. Exactly, right? Yeah. And then another witch appears after that. Other, the last witch was dead. Ding dong, the witch was dead. Yeah. Another witch, John Major, I don't know, you know, uh, comes comes back to that. <laughs> we get the ruby slippers on Dorothy, and the Wicked Witch of the West, rightly so, is like, give me my dead sister's property. Never! No, they're now on Dorothy's feet, and you can't get them off. And she's like, okay, yeah, I can't get them off. She, I'll, dr- I'll drop a house on you, witch. I'll get you and your little dog, too. Some cackling laughter. I know. Come here. She says, I'll get ye a little bollocks in your little fecker of a dog, too, so I will. Uh, and then Dorothy's like, I want to leave Oz. Please help. I want to go home. Uh, I, the Munchkins are pretty cool with that. They're like, yay! Leave Yay, or- go home. Well, you've saved our entire little village. You're our hero. But also, uh, we do get it. You do want to go back to Kansas. I, I don't know why I want one of these Munchkins to be like Joe Peschke. Like, I want to leave Oz. What about it? Huh? <laughs> what about it? Why you want to leave, huh? <laughs> I think the, well, not the princess, the good witch, the witch of the north, says that the Wizard of Oz will be how Dorothy might get home. But don't take the slippers off or the Wicked Witch will get you. Just follow the yellow brick road. But, hey, but what happens if I just follow the yellow brick road? The music's already started. Follow the yellow brick road. Follow the yellow brick road. No, follow, but follow, what follow, do you follow, mean? Follow, 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 follow. And we get loads of silly voices of munchkins all saying, follow the yellow brick road. 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 And they all get a little turn saying they'll follow the yellow brick road. Follow the yellow brick road. (laughs) We've had all the hits in 30 minutes, Sam. We've had Ding Dong, Margaret Thatcher has died. um, Surrounded by none of her loved ones. We also had Follow the Yellow Brick Road, which Margaret Thatcher is buried underneath. And we also had Somewhere Over the Rainbow, but there are no rainbows in hell. So, yeah, we've had all the hits, really. And we're 30 minutes in. I was thinking, all right, we done? here yeah is this, is this a musical oh i didn't realize follow the yellow road is the same one as we're off to see the wizard the wonderful wizard off to off to off to off to off to see the wizard yeah yeah, yeah. right 
Yeah. Grand, so, yeah. So we've got all the hits up front, straight away, first half hour. Here we go. Great. As she's leaving Munchkinland, she's waving and saying bye and walking off just before she reaches the bit of the set that's clearly painted onto a wall. <laughs> <laughs> I love when that happens. That happens several times in this film. It's like, we're off this way and fade out of the scene just before we get to the bit that is, is definitely painted on. But that's fine. And I, I love would the look love an extended cut where every scene like that, we get an extra three seconds of them turning around and just going, hmm? We can't. We can't. Shrugging, or like, is that all right? Do you want to do another? <laughs> Should we go again? Yeah. yeah. No. All right. All right. Well, it's going again, please. Ring, ring. <laughs> Scarecrow. We mean him, mm. and his organs are collapsing, and he, he does a song, and is also a flute. And he's like, all my innards are falling out. I need a brain help. And Jesus. All right. I mean, he has some like cutting kind of satire stuff going on here. He's like, how can you talk if you don't have a brain? I don't know. But some people without brains do an awful lot of talking, don't they? And like, oh, oh mate, yeah. That oh, you know what? You know what, Scarecrow? Good on you because I fucking hate them you know i think i think those people if we call them politicians so. oh sam come on wait what yeah. what what you heard me all right, all right I, mate. I know all what right. i said all right mate keep the politics off the podcast yeah all right yeah <laughs> yeah all right in your own time yeah if you want to keep it keep it to yourself yeah so she, dorothy frees the scarecrow no i i really do enjoy the scarecrow's kind of brainless positivity and enthusiasm yeah. he's like a bit scared and like oh I don't, I don't know what to do but he's he's a fun positive he says, dude i'm not afraid of anything because he has no brain so there you go i would just be enough in my head or full of stuff in my heart or full of pain i mean there's, there's some darkness to the scarecrow when he's singing his little song about how he doesn't have a brain. I ain't afraid of nothing except for a lighted match because that I, w- I will burn. I am deeply flammable and inflammable because they are the same thing. This is back in the day when I think the primary goal of children's movies and media mm. seems to be that they dealt with some consequence that they became aware of. Like, this is like, don't play with matches. Don't be brainless. You know, it's kind of like straighten up and fly right. Everyone in a this little movie. Bit. Yeah. 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 Whereas, whereas, like more nowadays, it's more like you don't need to straighten up and fly right. You're all, you're a okay, and it's all it's you're very okay you know, re- rewarding and, uh, and, and and a positive thing. Well, maybe there's some of that later on, Kevin. Maybe, uh, <laughs> but Dorothy is like, oh well, maybe the wizard will give you a brain, and he's like, oh yeah, okay. I mean, will he, though? And she's like, well, mate, you're going to be just as worse off if he doesn't as you are now, you stupid scarecrow. You ain't got no brain and you're in a field and you're stuck to a pole. Come on, mate. Yeah, come on, mate. You need a brain so you can make massive assumptions and leaps of logic <laughs> like me, Dorothy, you know? Come on now. So they join up in the posse and then they run afoul of easily the scariest thing from this movie. I, the trees. I th- thousand percent forgotten about this yeah fucking scary ass apple tree who literally tries to strangle dorothy with his well, bare hands it's quite a quick sequence this is not it's short I'm scene gonna, I'm, just, gonna, I'm gonna mortalize you <laughs> dorothy just wants an apple pulls it off the tree but the trees are alive and very grumpy that their apples are being pulled off them i mean <laughs> you would be wouldn't you lads you know yeah but then they start throwing apples at them so like what's your fucking deal there like if i'm gonna have an argument you're gonna rip off bits of my flesh and fling him at you are you like come on what the scarecrow i, I already think like he's kind of got a brain because he goads them into throwing apples at them uh, that just shows he's got guts sam <laughs> <laughs> yeah so that, that apple tree bit is sort of unnecessary but just terrifying have you have you heard of return to oz no all right i was gonna say because this is very much par for the course of return to oz um yeah uh, let's set about that the better, maybe yeah okay hey 
there's a man made out of tin. Yeah, not a robot. He's a man made out of tin. Now, Kevin, the noise of the tin man screaming and not being able to move because he needs oiling. Oh, that's my old alarm clock I used to have, sure. Honestly, is kind of... The kind of... I have no mouth and yet I must scream. (laughs) It's horrible. And he needs oiling. It gets really into the oiling. Like, he's really like, ah, yeah, yeah, I can can move on my limbs. Yeah, come on. Yeah, all them oil enthusiasts are the same, sure, aren't they? (laughs) This cyborg has no heart, but he does have the same funnel that I do for making hot sauce. Uh, It's on his head. Yes, and he does does a little dance where he plays percussion on himself, and then he shoots some steam out of his funnel head, and I I really like that. I thought it was very rude of Dorothy and the Scarecrow when the Mm -hmm. cyborg was doing his little dance for them, his little jig, and yes. then they were all like, yeah, they're having a chat during the performance. Yeah, and, and behind his back as well, mate, yeah? Rude. Unbelievable. Rude. rude. So, yeah, the Wicked Witch is pretty much pissed because she's like, why is everyone helping her? Well, because mm. humans look out for scarecrows and cyborgs. We all, we all look after each other. So what she does, she kind of, she stitches herself up here because she pops up and she slags these two lads off. She's like, ah, oh, you could be a beehive or you're you could be a mattress or uh, you're you're a dick you're a piece of shit mate. <laughs> and, <laughs> and that actually you know emboldens them and they get more invested in helping dorothy they're like well we're really going to help you now because that witch was quite frankly being a witch about us burn them alive yeah that's not good is it lions and tigers and bears oh why in the forest <laughs> I know bears in the forest. Yeah. Lions? Well, I Lions know, in yeah, the forest? A lot of issue here with the, the rabid lion who comes out and he's like, I'll fight you so I was will. <laughs> put him up, put him up. Turns out this lion is just putting on a front, Sam, because it turns out that this lion's a pussy. And also, it turns out this lion's a coward as well. <laughs> A good save there. Uh, <laughs> hey, I'm a lion, not a mouse. What the fuck's a mouse? No, I like that. Uh, like, I, I could show my prowess, be a lion, not a mouse. Mouse? I, I love a forced rhyme. Oh. A mouse? I love it. It's great. <laughs> but the, the lion's trying to be all tough, but cries when Dorothy gently sort of bats him away for trying to bite Toto. But this is uh, his song. He keeps going. I'm like, I'll be the king of the forest, baby. I'm like, yeah, king of the forest. The lion. Lion. King of the forest. Mate, King of the Forest is gonna be Donkey Kong or maybe Moon Bear or some something arboreal. Not not a not a lion. In the forest, the mighty forest, the lion is the worst. Voodoo buddy, but hey! <laughs> But that song's not in this. But every other song that you know is in this. It is, yeah. Uh, yeah. The Wicked Witch and her minging monkeys have got <coughs> some plans in mind. Now, this is a bit weird because they're like, I know what I'll do. I'll poison them. Poison! And she's like, it'll make them sleepy and it'll be subtle as well. So she says she's going to use poppies. <laughs> <laughs> now you're addicted to heroin, Dorothy. <laughs> <laughs> uh, are poppies poisonous? Uh, well, like, you make opium out of poppies. Do you? And they went all like... Speak sl- for yourself. But I mean, like, lay your... <laughs> 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 They're for my bagels, I keep telling you. But uh, it, later on, like, when they use it, they go all sleepy. Like, Oh, that's why there's that thing where if you eat a poppy seed bagel, you can get 
tested for drugs. You know, you, you can yeah. test positive yeah. for it, like, and then mm. they proved it on Mythbusters, which is as much scientific evidence as I will or anyone will ever need, to be honest. But yeah, they see Emerald Town in the distance. And they're like, ah, take me down to the Emerald City where the grass is green and the girls sing this ditty. You know, they're very happy. So they see Emerald City in the distance and they're like, oh, wow, it's so beautiful. We want to go to Emerald City. It is just a series of green tubes. What's not to like? They look like sticks of rock, just all green ones pointing out of the ground. I mean, it is just geometry, this place that they're looking at here. You don't need to go to Brighton Beach to lick a rock. You can just go and you know, lick the buildings of Emerald City. Maybe all... I mean, you could look at Nottingham and be like, oh, that's just a bunch of rectangles. That's all that is. So I suppose I shouldn't be slagging it off, but it does just look like a bunch of green tubes. So they're on their way through the fields. Mm. They get trucked with poppies. Yes. And then they're all like... Bleh. But then Tin Man and Scarecrow aren't affected because they're not human nor animal. Yeah, and they're not addicts like Dorothy is. <laughs> and and then it starts snowing. And then she's like... And she wakes up. So I wrote down cocaine, question mark. What is the message of this movie? Oh, is this like a drug thing? This it feels a like drug a drug thing. thing, you know? Yeah. Hey, you're the one who brought up Pink Floyd Dark Side of the Moon. You got my mind thinking about <laughs> crazy kind of a, things, man. A downers and uppers situation. You just balance them out and you're okay. Not advice that I'm giving because I don't understand any no, of this if, world. And also as well, if you eat some poppies, just the flowers, don't just run around in the snow and think you'll be grand because a lot, a lot of flowers are actually poisonous. Don't yeah. eat your daffodils. I've said it before and I'll say it again. The nice witch of the north gives them snow to wake him up because she sees that there's a problem there and then they're fine so the poppy thing didn't work they've the snow is working them up. Is this the only female ice witch slash queen slash wizard slash supernatural anything who's not a stone cold baddie? Because she's like, oh, hello, I'm the witch of the north cold and I'm casting a snow smell. I'm casting a snow spell <laughs> that smells of snow. <laughs> and <laughs> uh, Do you ever get you know that snow smell when it's about to snow? It smells a bit low, doesn't it? You, you know when you come into a room, you're like, oh, it's Sticks of snow in here. Oh, Ugh. mate, who yeah. snowed? <laughs> uh, give it five minutes, mate. I've snowed in there. And then the guy in the corner is like, oh, mate, come on, I didn't even stick. What are you on about, like? <laughs> it's just a bit frosty. It's fine. Like, come it's on. It's just sleet. Come on. <laughs> You're out of the woods. You're out of the woods. Now they are out of the woods. They're out of the woods. They're, they're at Emerald City. <laughs> <laughs> There's something really nightmarish about that. It's really high pitched, that bit, isn't it? I don't know who's supposed to be singing it. That was used in some video game I played recently. It was like Fallout uh. or Outer Worlds or some other game that rips off the same idea for the last 20 years, but it was one of them anyway. Yeah. That, like, hey, Sam, what if we had a game that had guns but sad music from the 50s? Wow. Or Steady the 30s, mate. even. Like, uh. Hold on a minute. Let's get all of the big publishers involved on this one because this is going to be a bestseller. It's going to be a bestseller. No one steal my idea, okay? Yeah. I'm just saying, it's mine. The best character in the movie is now introduced to us. Yes. Well, they're, so they're at the door of Emerald City. This was at a time where cities had just a big door to get into the city. What do you want? Or... or you're, you ch- choose your character, Sam. You can get... Yeah. What do you want? Or you can get... <laughs> from Return of the Jedi, the case of... <laughs> <laughs> 
rang that bell? Who rang that bell? No one can see the great wizard of Oz. Not no one know how. Except ye. Come on, and you come now, sure. Oh, come you've, on. Got, you've got you've got the slippers on. Well, bust my buttons. Everything's okay now. Well, you're busting my balls like a motherfucker. So you just come in. God, you've ruined my fucking day. There's a purple horse. Yeah, that freaks out Dorothy so much. Like you know, I, I mean, Sam, right? You, look, look, mate. I don't care if a horse is black, white, or purple. Yeah, with yellow spots on it. <laughs> the horse is purple, and I'm thinking from a, a you know effects point of view, they've just painted a horse purple, haven't they? That poor fucking they, horse. They can't. They can't do anything other than just paint that horse. But I'm sure the horse was fine. I don't know. I really hope they just painted the film cell and not the fucking horse. I think they. I would imagine they painted the horse. I'm willing to be disproven, but I think they just had a. a <laughs> An array of colourful horses. When you line them up, they would look like like gummies. Look, you don't piss in the wind, you don't tug at Superman's cape, and you do not paint a horse. But I like the the silly effect of the horse keep yeah the horse keeps changing colour and it happens off screen so it's not really an effect they just bring in the other coloured horse. Sorry, Sam, I just figured that we we maybe made a mistake because we just said to everyone don't paint a horse. Yeah. But obviously if you see a lovely horse and you want to take the canvas out... Oh, yes. Now paint a picture of a horse. And draw him like one of your French horses, by all means. Render a horse on a canvas, sure. <laughs> but don't make the horse the canvas itself. No, horses right? aren't canvas. Even if they're white, and you might think, oh, that's quite a canvassy horse there, isn't it? Remember when Banksy painted that elephant? And everyone was like, oh, mate. Come on. Yeah, and then we painted the elephant, and then someone went, and then they graffitied over the elephant, and they're like, now, that, now the elephant's worthless. We might as well demolish the elephant. Yeah. Like, you know? Now, we're off to see the wizard. Mm. We're actually off to see the wizard here, but mm. we're only about halfway through the movie. Yeah. What's going on? Uh, early, early doors for the Wizard of Oz. Mm, wait a minute. What's happening? There's like, hey, you're in Oz now, and you're high rollers, so you get to so fucking... have some nice stuff. Scarecrow gets stuffed. Sure, I should tell you what, Sam. They got the full service, and they didn't have to put their hand in their pockets once since they got there. She was they no. were very happy with themselves. Yeah, treated like kings uh, of the forest, even. The Wicked Witch of the West does the most obnoxious thing of the time, which is writing graffiti in the sky. Yeah. Uh, your move, Banksy. That's all I'm saying, because... Surrender uh, Dorothy is written in the sky. I mean, that there's probably a, a better way, a shorter way to write that that would take less effort. You could have said, I want her, you know, because, I mean, there's not too many ladies who've walked through there that they'd be like, who? You know, oh, the one who we're treating very specially right now with the sparkly shoes. Or maybe, you know what is this, Sam? This is before we had emoji, so she couldn't just do, like, red shoes, question mark. Yeah. You know, which is what she would have done. (laughs) (laughs) And the people of Emerald City are rightly very scared of the witch flying around above them, and that's terrifying for them oh and this is where we got the king of the forest song not the not earlier this cowardly lion and he pops it out here and not only does he claim he's the king of the forest get a lot of this fucking shit he says i'll command <laughs> i'll command them with a wolf and then he starts going you're a fucking lion mace yeah um, but hey they roll out a green carpet for him they make him a robe out of this kind of like grass and flower thing, like a rug, and the plant pot crown. I do love that costume design and set design all fusing into one. Oh yeah, I'd, I'd Halloween costume that like a motherfucker. Yeah. You know, like the, the king of the forest cowardly line for sure. And I like the little sequence here where they're like, 
Are you afraid of a cat? Fancy that. Are you afraid of a rhinoceros? Imposterous. Like that, that's mm-hmm. great stuff. I like that. How about a hippopotamus? Why I'd trash him from top to bottomus. Mate, what is this episode of Cinema Swirl at gmail.com? <laughs> that's Cinema Swirl at gmail.com. Yeah, we get a big song about courage and how, you know, he's going to be courageous and that's nice. And then Dorothy, she basically tells her story. Uh, Kansas, the Dust Bowl, depression, all that stuff. Uh, you know, America's going through some times at the moment, folks. Oh, yeah, because the, the moustache man is like, actually, Wizard's not coming out. Fuck off. She makes him cry so much, it disturbed me. That effect of the fake crying so much that it's just like water pouring down someone's face. I've seen that a few times in, in like comedies and things. Yeah, the, the exaggerated making, crying. making fun of Gaza, didn't they? They're always having a, <laughs> having a pop at Gaza because he, he had a, had a cry, he had- didn't he? The audacity to show some emotion. Yeah, it'd be like an ad and like Gary Lineker comes in and he eats some, some crisps and then Gaz is like, <laughs> and, and I Lin- those crisps. Lineker's like, oh, shut up. Shut <laughs> up. God. And that made people buy Walker's crisps. It did, you know? yeah. And it made people think a lot less of Gaza as well, wasn't it? Poor old Gaza. I, you know what's sad about Gaza as well is that he thought, you know, no, I'll, I'll do it. I'll take part in some of the fun. And then it'll make it seem like I'm getting ahead of it. But all it did was embolden those who were making fun. Yeah. And it's a real shame. He wasn't even around when Bo Selector was going, mate. So, he, you know, if it happened later, it would have been much uglier. He you would- know, Lineker nowadays has got, you know, kind of a good guy reputation. But he was back then, you know, in- encouraging a culture of bullying. I'm going to say it. So, And he was encouraging a culture of stealing crisps as well, if yes. you remember. He's a thief. He's a bully. Sorry. Would, he would, shit on the pitch. Would like, you retweet the political views of the Hamburglar? Because that's what you're doing right now on Twitter. Every single time you give him the time of day. Oh, I love stealing burgers. Please retweet. No! So Dorothy crying about her situation convinces the moustache man that they can go and see the wizard. Yeah, uh, many times tears will grant you the wizard's access, you know. It's, yes. it's, it's a mystical thing, I think, with wizards. And the lion is scared of seeing the wizard, but they all encourage him and they hold hands together and walk forward. Dramatic music. In they go to see the wizard, who is... A combination of dry ice and pyro and a projector screen, I think. He's basically the best entrance in professional wrestling waiting yeah. to happen ever. And he's been a real scary jerk. Oh, yeah, yeah. He's all over. He's very angry, very loud. Calls the scarecrow a billowing bale of bovine fodder. I mean, as far as roasts go, that's a pretty strong one. I like the foursome that we have here. You know, hashtag squad goals. They're a great, great bunch of lads. Yeah. And I thought they were coming up against the Wizard of Oz here now and he's he's an awful sort he's very mean he's very cruel and then the, he, he gives him the ultimatum you want me to help you you need to give me that broom I want the Wicked Witch's bicycle and I want it here right now and they look at each other and just go we'll have to kill her they, they, they jump to killing every single time in this movie they're so bloodlusting yeah the, the wizard wasn't like kill the Wicked Witch he said get Broom. Oh, get the right broom. Now. How many times has the phrase get that broom gone? No, 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 I will have to murder them, yeah. There's been no rule set up where, like, the Wicked Witch can't be separated from her broom unless she's dead. Like, no one has said that. Look, so, when, when Michael Gove was out there saying sweep for the queen, he wasn't saying kill her 
and then sweep up afterwards. No. Like basically what he's done is he's set up a, a big side quest here. Oh, main quest here. This would <laughs> pop up in the, you know, the thing up the top. And there's probably like a sneaking way of doing this. Oh, yeah, where yeah, you could yeah. sneak in and steal the broom and get out of there. Or you could go in guns blazing, as these lot want to, and just kill the witch to get the broom. So basically, de- their plan is the big brother option. Sam and I here be like, oh, let's use our charisma, you know, or... Sp- <laughs> Maybe I should raise my speech, you know? (laughs) (laughs) So they head off to the witch's castle. They see a sign that says, Haunted Forest, Witch's Castle. I'd turn back if I were you. I love that that's written on a sign. That's a great thing to write on a sign. Love the evil boids that they see as well. Mm -hmm. They're in this haunted forest, and the jaunty music from before is now played in a minor key. Well, it is like that. It's It's just slightly, you know, a bit less exciting and more daunting you know that you were saying there's video games where it's really scary and you turn the brightness all the way up yeah yeah. there should also be an option to change it into a major key to make it kind of like (laughs) you know a little bit more at least the songs are nice yeah so that that the mechanical droning of silent hill 2 actually sounds quite pleasant you know in star wars how darth vader doesn't actually say luke i am your father he says luke i'm your pappy isn't he i thought that was it (laughs) he says it's one small step for a man is what he said no um (laughs) So the, the witch's flying monkeys, they're fucking terrifying. She oh, yeah. sends them off. She's like, fly, fly, fly. She doesn't say fly my pretties. No, Mr. Burns says fly my pretties. Yeah. She refers to them frequently as, as her pretties. pretties. And then she says, fly, fly. Fly, fly. But in Mr. Burns, there's the, in The Simpsons, there's that really great bit where he goes, fly my pretties, fly. And they all just fall out the yes, window very and funny I think that he was trying to they were trying to layer the references there to make sure it really hit which we've done that a few times in this podcast so we get it guys we get it yeah but I thought that was the line I thought fly my pretties was a line and it's not Sam, it's just from the Simpsons that is how you find out fake Oz fans yeah <laughs> If they say fly my pretty, it's like, ah, you, no, you're a Simpsons head. Yeah, you're just a Simpsons head. Like, nah. you know, we call you simpletons, yeah? Those who haven't watched the vast majority of the stuff that has very much inspired it, yeah? These monkeys causing chaos are giving me some serious Jumanji flashbacks. Yeah. Uh, you I know, mean, just, so if those monkeys were blue. They be, they're, they're, they are very scary, these monkeys. Ah, they're running around, tearing things up. They tore my legs off and they threw them over there. <laughs> and they took my chest out and they threw it over there. I love this line because Mick Foley used it in wrestling once, which is, mm. these matters must be handled very delicately. And she's basically saying, look, I need to kill you to get your shoes. So hang on a second and I don't murder you so much I mess up the shoes. Like, you know, get all blood and guts and shit on us, you know? Oh, yeah. So she, yeah, she's got Dorothy. The yeah. witch has got Dorothy. She wants to trade the slippers for Toto. She threatens to drown Toto. Oh, poor Toto. Don't, I don't want this dog to be destroyed. No, I mean, it's very no. much the theme of the movie is the destruction of this dog the dog is in so much peril in this movie Mm. and always manages to get away because he escapes again here but this rule that the slippers will never come off as long as dorothy's alive so i mean if if the witch was to be given a a mission that was get the slippers and she said well we'll have to kill dorothy then fine that's understandable because it's been set up that you can't get the slippers off as long as dorothy's alive only way mate only way yeah and you know what toto escaping even jumps over a rising drawbridge he does his own stunts here yeah no that dog got a big big pop for me in this i was i was laughing my head off this dog was very heroic but also very cute but also yes. i worried 
for them a lot too. Also, like you sometimes get these hero dogs in movies, kind of like you know, like Snowy and Tintin. I think oh, you're mm. a bit full of yourself now, aren't you? Like you know, a bit full yeah, of yourself. This is not an arrogant dog. Yeah, and it's you just know, when, a when the goons would be like, all right, Tintin, and they point a gun. I'm like, point the gun at the dog as well now. Let him let him have a taste of that now. <laughs> let him see how he likes it now. You know, because he's a bit, a bit big for his riches, I think. But Toto, the working man dog, I really felt here. Some of the witch's props I loved. I I popped for the big egg timer. There's like you're yes. gonna die. You've got this long left alive. Here's this big fuck off egg timer. That's great. And her magical Skype window that she's been using that she always looks at from the side so that we the audience can see it, which is very much WWE watching TV of what's happening. Maybe that's where they got from to have someone looking at something, but also you can see what's happening on the screen. There's only that. How are you gonna do it? A side sidebar here for for mm. wrestling enthusiasts, and I would say non wrestling enthusiasts because I think everyone needs to know about this, and most yes. of all you. Are you aware about the crossover between the movie The Wizard of Oz and professional wrestling? No. There was a character in wrestling who was portrayed by a wrestler who went on to become very, very famous and a big world champion and a top guy called oh. Kevin Nash, who was also yeah. his Diesel. He played the role originally of a character called Oz. And Oz, what? the great powerful wrestler, was Kevin Nash in like a big green cape and a weird wizard hat. And like his entrance would be like Dorothy and the robe and the Tin Man and the Lion all go up, and someone is like, Oz the Great and Powerful is going to come and teach you all a lesson. And then Kevin Nash comes out with this music and there's a little goblin man with a monkey climbing all over him going, Ah, welcome to Oz! Welcome to Oz! Welcome to wow. us. So you need to have yourself a bit of a watch of that. Yeah. I've been to an all-night fair, but I ain't ever seen anything like that, Sam. It's one of the all-time classic weird things. And the reason that happened is because in the early 90s, one of the main wrestling groups, World Championship Wrestling, was owned by Turner Media, who also owned TCM, Turner Classic Movies, and they owned the rights to The Wizard of Oz. Oh, so they were so like, like, you got to use the IPs, guys. Making fun of them. Yeah, I get it. Oh, no, that was, no, they had the IP. Yeah, they had... This no, wasn't WWE making fun of No, no, this was WCW saying, well, how do we have oh, the edge? We've got this IP, we've got so it, we let's may use as well it. use it. Yeah. Oh, I thought this was like Vince McMahon trying to take the piss out of the thing that you have. Oh, you've got Wizards of Oz? We've got Oz, and look at this stupid... But they, they were like, we've got this, we may as well use it. I mean, like, side story that the closest to the WWE, the, the main wrestling group came to using it, was that there was a long-running storyline that you didn't know who was the general manager in charge of one of the shows, and one of the proposed payoffs or finishes to the story was that you're going to go backstage and behind a curtain you would see Kevin Nash in his old Oz gear who was secretly controlling the show and go and run away I mean that would be great that would have been great but alas we don't live in a great world do we (laughs) so through the magical Skype window that the witch has Dorothy sees Auntie M oh yeah I wrote down here Auntie M in an orb brackets it's serious that's one of yours isn't it (laughs) that is one of my little (laughs) punchlines that I do she sees that Auntie M is at least alive but then the witch shows up on the webcam and it's like, ah, I'm a witch. Ah, I'm going to kill you. Imagine if someone could show up in the middle of our Skype call and be like, ah, I'd hate that. Be horrible. Ugh. Yeah, if someone, just, if someone just popped up in front of my screen now, uh, horrible. They're like a, what, what do you call them? Jump scare type thing. It would be a very wicked thing to do, I think. It would be deeply wicked. Toto, who is the opposite of wicked, uh, finds the lads and leads them to Dorothy. Yeah, he's, he's not wicked. He's blessed. And I don't just say that because he blesses the rains down in Africa. He's just a yeah. really nice, good boy. It's hashtag blessed. He, there's a very good mountain set that he leads them up. I liked the mountain set. Mm. They get to the castle... And they have a plan to get in. Oh, I love the guys marching outside. Ungaland, go, Wells, 
Gallant Girls. Gallant Girls. What? Who do we want? What do we want? Simple as, guys. Simple England as. goals. So, yeah, it doesn't get more pure football than England goals. So they, they kill the guards, they slit their throats, they put on their uniforms. Feels very video. This is Hitman, basically. It is. what's happening here, yeah. And the guy's like, oh, we... <laughs> Quickly, stab goals! him. Uh, yeah, go on. Now put on his clothes. <laughs> so they've... They found the room that Dorothy's in. They've snuck in. She's locked in the room. Tin Man used axe. It was very effective. He's had this axe the whole time. He gets in. And you know what? I never thought you could chop down a door with an axe in a way that makes you kind of go, yeah, go on there now. You know, after the yeah. shining, I thought, oh, they've, they've ruined that now forever. This was good door axe. It was. Not all door yeah. axers. Hashtag not all door axers. But the witch has trapped them again. They're kind of cornered. And they, but they drop and unhook a kind of candle chandelier. A candelier uh, that feels very like what something you'd do in Zelda. You'd shoot down the thing and it would fall on people. But they're still stuck. Ring-a-ring-a-rosy. A pocket full of spears. She sets fucking Scarecrow on fire. Oh, God. I don't know what it is. Like, it just... It made me feel for Scarecrows. Because they're kind of a pathetic figure, aren't they? You know? Oh, all right, mate. No, I'm just saying. Like, Scarecrow hanging in a field. People never go by a Scarecrow and they go... He's doing a great job. They always go, oh, he couldn't scare an old dick. You know, they're always making fun of him, you know? Look at that stupid, scary piece of shit. I'm not, of, I'm not scared. Huh? Full of hay. If I'm not scared, why would a crow be? Huh? Yeah. So, <laughs> but Dorothy, in her haste to put out the fire with water, Uh-oh. melts the witch. And we get, I'm melting, I'm melting. Oh, what a world, what a world. Which, oh boy, is that a line? That verbatim has appeared in The Simpsons in a different episode about sugar, I think. Yeah. When sugar melts. I mean, because I think when we were growing up, there was a lot of media that prominently featured melting in it. And I think this is like the original melting. This is the original melting. This is, this OG, is melting. OG melting right here. Mm. Oh, I'd have a lovely OG melt right about now. Oh, yeah. Oh, lovely, please. Yeah. Very nice. Nice. Wa- nice warm cup of OG melt. <laughs> <laughs> lovely. Goes down a treat. So... I'm melting, I'm melting, oh what a world, oh what a world. As a kid I thought that was just Homer speaking funny and having a silly line. Didn't realise it was a reference to something, it just sounded funny. It's always fascinating to hear the lines from The Simpsons that are later revealed to be just out and out, like entire like parody of like verbatim, this yeah. is the bit. Where like as someone who shoehorns in a lot of references into his material, mm. I am in awe of the ability to use a reference that is f- as funny for those who get it and nearly as funny for those who don't. Well, that yeah, that's the thing. This bit, I mean, we've discovered this many times throughout Cinema Swell that there are whole chunks of The Simpsons that I didn't get. Me too, like because when I, when right I watched Citizen Kane, like so much more stuff yeah, clicked yeah. with me this time than the first time. Yeah. They choose stuff that's still just kind of funny anyway. Yeah, I think so. It sounds funny. Yeah. I mean, I think maybe later Simpsons has kind of fucked that. Although I don't know, because I dipped out completely. But I get the sense that, like, the references are a bit more, like, obtuse. I mean, I I couldn't comment because, you know, I've always been someone who was, like, kind of, ah, first nine seasons of Simpsons, they're really all good. And I'm sure season ten's all right. Now that Disney Plus Mm. is out and all the Simpsons is up there, it's like, wow, I stopped watching The Simpsons in, like, 2002. Like, I I haven't seen it in nearly fucking 20 years. I've not seen new Simpsons in so long. Mm. So, yeah, I don't know what the handling of the reference is. I assume the episode with Sasha Baron Cohen where Homer goes to the Holy Land was really well 
well done. It, yeah, it would have had stuff like this all over it. it would, it's got to be a solid 10 out of 10, right? Now, did you find the death of the witch a little bit underwhelming? Yeah, because, I mean, I'm thinking of, like, classic meltings from childhood, you know, of, like, baddies from, like, you know, Batman had a lot of melting baddies in the animated series growing up, and it, it was always a feast for the eyes, and this was, you know, compared to some of the other things we saw, this was a little, yeah, a little underwhelming, because she didn't kind of melt so much as crouch very well. It just kind of happens, like, oh, Dorothy's putting him out, oh, she gets water on her, oh, she, water's bad for her, she melts. I mean, isn't this the plot of Signs? Isn't this what happens in Signs? <laughs> Yeah, but they they managed to signpost it a little bit better in science. Yeah, but not for not for the better. Like, there's yeah. no thing about like the witch being allergic to water, but I guess that's part of the fun and the surprise. I'm really happy that we have thoughtful actors like Joaquin Phoenix who are out there now and speaking to people. And he's he will he will speak to people and he say if you just watched signs and you you took mm. the real, <laughs> took the real message away from it, the world would be a much better place indeed. Well, you know, the message is that water is harmful. Yeah, the, uh, and that's what I've learned here as well. The message is you swing for the fences or whatever it is yeah. they say. They don't now, <laughs> so the, the guards are all happy that the witch is dead, so they, they're not so bad after all. Yeah, they're like, yeah, you killed her. The bloodlust of Oz. Yeah. Which I believe is the fourth book in the series. And so they've got the broomstick. There's a funny bit where they're like, oh, so we can take the broomstick. And they're like, yes, and you can keep it and take it with you. And like, okay, that was unnecessary. We've got the broomstick. Come on, let's let's go. Mate, that's my loot, yeah? That's my loot. We cut straight to the wizard at Emerald City. No no travelling back all fast the way travel, to... Fast travel, fast travel, yeah. yeah. We're, we're back there. Well, Smart you unlock choice. the fast travel with the broom. That's what I assume it's for. <laughs> yes. Oh, yeah. They. I mean, they could have gone on the broom. They probably went on the broom. But it was too expensive to film that. So, here's your broomstick, mate. He tells them to go away and come back tomorrow. Huh? But Toto, being a, a curious lad, pulls back the curtain and reveals that it's just a bloke. Just a bloke. The concept <sighs> of the man behind the curtain, someone running the show and sa- sounding almighty and powerful, but actually just being quite, you know, quiet and meek, is referenced in Lost quite a few times. I think there's an episode called The Man Behind the Curtain. Oh, yeah. Ben Linus, the character, is referred to as kind of a man behind the curtain when oh, he's all being right, mate. Spoilers. the of the others. Sorry. <laughs> I'm just saying, like, references pop up in a whole bunch of things. There's probably loads of Wizard of Oz stuff in Lost that if I went back and watched Lost again, I would start picking up on. Yeah, I mean, it it, it pops up everywhere, folks, in funny things and in unintentionally funny things (laughs) as well. Like, it's everywhere. I I love this one, the big reveal, though. And it's like, you're not really a wizard. He's like, yeah, well, all your problems are already solved, you fucking idiots. So, ha, joke's on you. You know, you're enjoying, like, 1930s language, calling people a humbug. Is great. Oh, I like humbugs. You're a humbug. Oh yes, I am a humbug. But yeah, he gives he gives all the the lads various things to sort of say. You're actually all right. Scarecrow gets an honor, honorary doctorate in thinkology. He's told as well that to the robot, he says to him, "Sure, there's no need of you to have a heart because if you did, you'd only have a heart attack and die." And like that, was a nice mem- reminder of all of our crippling mortality at the end of the movie. Here's a nice clock, and the scarecrow does the the sum of the square roots of any two sides of an isosceles triangle is equal to the square root of the remaining side. That's in the Simpsons. That's, That's a right angle Simpsons. triangle, you bozo. <laughs> <laughs> Um, and yeah, then he, he reveals himself, doesn't he? Because he's like, I'm a Kansas man, born and raised in my hot air balloon, where I spent most of my days chilling out, relaxing, relaxing, all cool. 
There was no bee ball in 1936. No, but there were hot air balloons. And so Dorothy can get back to Kansas because he's a Kansas man. They're off in a big balloon. He but fucks off without her. Toto's run away again and Dorothy chases him and then the balloon floats away. I can't come back. I don't know how this balloon works. So I'm just gone now. You refer to yourself as a balloonist. <laughs> and you don't know how this balloon works what you are can't you? be a balloonist. Come on. Is that why they got James Franco to play him? It's like, we need someone who seems impressive, but is utterly hollowed out and useless. Arisher, send out James Franco, then he'll be Oz the Great and Powerful, so he will. Oh, I didn't realize that James Franco played this this man in... Oh, yeah. I'd like to sink our teeth into the extended Oziverse, if possible. Okay. Oh. Ooh. Is it bad? Is it real bad? Of course it is. Okay. So the, the good witch comes along. And reveals that Dorothy had the power the whole time to return home. You idiot. You just never thought to click your heels together. Every new pair of shoes click them together. You never know. Just could be. Yeah, maybe. You might think you're in your home, but just click your shoes together and you never know. (laughs) You'll find out where your real fucking home is then. I can never click my shoes together, Sam, because if I do, I'll emigrate back. And like, sure, that's, that's, no one wants that now. No, we don't want that. So Dorothy is saying a tearful goodbye to the whole gang. Uh, The Tin Man crying oil. There's oil coming out of his eyes. Oh God, no. Now now I know I've got a heart because it's breaking. It's all very sad. (laughs) Oh no, he's died! <laughs> she closes her eyes, taps her heels together three times. This is pretty iconic, right? This whole thing, the shot of the ruby slippers tapping. Well, Sam, I'm sure you're very familiar with all of this movie because of the, the great banking adverts that utilised this recently. Remember that? Yes, yes, I do remember that, yeah. There's no place like home, there's no place like home. Kevin, is the message of this film, don't fucking run away, mate. Just don't, just stay home. Yeah. Come on. It may be tempting, but stay. Which, look, I know, but right now is a pretty good message. And what, <laughs> like... what, what they're saying as well is, they're also saying even escapes of the mind are treacherous. Oh, so maybe, maybe this film was made by the government, and it's like, just don't have any ideas, yeah? Don't get ideas above your station. Don't be creative, don't imagine things. Just stay where you are. Status quo, mate. And definitely don't use any water, because you might melt. Yeah, <laughs> you might melt a witch. Dorothy wakes up at home. And yous was there. And yous was there. Hey, ma, yous was there too. <laughs> You're all here, and I'm not going to leave ever again, because I love you all. Oh, Auntie M, there's no place like home. Now, I'm wondering, does Ms. Gulch still exist and continue to be a bollocks in the real world? Was this all a dream? Is there an Oz? Is she actually a covert witch? Does she know that? Yeah. What's going on? You know, I kind of feel like she, like Mrs. Gold, should like fallen off her bike or be like, ah, you know, so, something like that. Mild real life put down for her threatening yeah. to kill a dog earlier, you know? She's at least a little bit injured, but not seriously hurt. <laughs> <laughs> I have to stress the Mrs. That's my wish. That, I'm going to say it. That's yeah. Sam's wish right there. Yeah. Uh, Sam, not as many songs as I thought we'd have. It certainly wasn't the toe-tapping music powerhouse that I thought it was. This seems to be more like kind of in the sense that back in the day, if you went to see comedy, you'd expect a few songs and dances. And like, if you saw anything, you expected to see a bit of a show. And that encompasses singing, dancing, comedy, and a bit of everything in between. This was kind of top-loaded with the, the hits. Yeah. You know? we Most yeah. of this movie is not musical. I would say it's less musical than Mary Poppins, which we said mm. wasn't particularly musical at all once you kind of spread no. it out. But... Is there no place like being at home watching The Wizard of Oz? I will tell you, Kevin, I had a wonderful time watching this. Mostly just in terms of visuals and sound, Mm. which I know is what a movie is. But Mostly, (laughs) yes. Yeah. 
<laughs> I realised as I was saying it. That's the only criteria you have, Sam. But traditionally, yes. <laughs> just to... I mean, it holds up very well visually. I mean, even story and kind of character stuff. It's very... It's a, it's a kid's story... It's a very simple plot. It's timeless, really. Like it's, the, it's the only thing that's remotely like Whoa, we're watching something from you know ages ago was like the yeah. fact that any time anything comes up, they're like, kill this killer. We'll have to kill her. Well, Dorothy, we'll have to murder her in our sleep. You know, it's it's very much like children. Remember, you can always kill your problems because you're growing up in the forties <laughs> when it was all it was all right back then. Wasn't it? Okay. It's yeah. all right back but, then. You know, the performances are great. Mm? The, the the three lead characters, the lads, you know, we've got Dorothy and we've got these lads. They're all great. Mm. The costuming is fantastic. The sets, I love the sets. I love looking at those sets. Who was your favourite character as a matter of interest? And Toto doesn't count because it's obviously everyone's fave. I would say definitely just the Scarecrow. Mm. I know that might be a bit obvious, yeah. but he just seemed the most friendly and funny and he had a funny voice. The lion freaked me out a bit. I was a bit scared of the lion, to be honest. I was a bit annoyed the lion got like a second song because everyone just had to do the same song with new lyrics and then the lion got his own fucking special song. D. I was like alright how about a little bit of Tin Man huh? how about a little bit of uh, little Scarecrow yeah, a bit more Scarecrow I loved all those characters I thought the fact that you know these were all people from Dorothy's real life mm-hmm. in her imagined world you know Professor Marvel was all these characters including Oz mm-hmm. and that kind of thing it was just a, a very simple nice story well told looks great Holds up well now. That's the important thing. You watch this and it doesn't fit. I mean, it feels oldie timey, but it still looks good. Do you think a kid would be able to sit through this and not be like, Aah! yes? So that's the thing. I think with some oldie films, even if they're classics, even if they're really great, and ones that have, came out later than this, kids would watch it and be like, oh, that's old. But this, I feel, it kind of has a sort of pantomime feel to it it feels like you're watching a really great stage show doesn't it yes yeah yes it does and that's that's i mean that's in a way that's sometimes what a good film is you know yeah, it's, yeah. It, it, it really transfers that world of the stage and that wonder and that you know using your imagination to feel a bit more invested in something because you know these are all like sets and things are painted on but it still can feel very magical and i you know maybe if i'd have watched this as a child would have had a slightly wilder time. Yeah. I may have got more out of it. But I, I just from, a you know, the songs and the visuals and the, the whole thing, it just really had a, made a really good impression on me. I, I loved it. That was great. And to think as well, Sam, now can you delete this as appropriate? And to mm. think as well, Sam, delete as appropriate, that this happened during, on the eve of, at the precipice after... Nearly three years before <laughs> World War Two, can you believe? Can, I still can't yeah. believe that. It's unbelievable. I know. So it it feels it does feel timeless. You were right when you said that it feels timeless. This that's my big takeaway from this. That like, oh, this still feels good now. This timeless classic turns out to actually be a timeless classic. Timeless, yeah. I had a good time. Well, I'm surprised you had as good a time as you did. Mm, did you have a good time? I did. Yeah, I, I, I felt going into this, you were like, ah, this is going to be a bit shit. Because I, I remember these memories of seeing it as a kid and it was an awful old slog, but I kind of think it was one of those things that, you know, you get shown anything on a fucking Sunday afternoon that's not the cartoon you want to see. You're like, eh. So I think oh. I just held on to my fussiness all these years. It was it was a hoot and a holler. It didn't touch me and make me as like, I'm not like humming the songs like I was at Mary Poppins. No, so I, I was more kind of appreciating this on a technical level. Mm. And looking at how everything looks and be like, oh, this is amazing that they made this look like this. Yeah. Rather than 
you know, being completely lost in the world. But, you know, there's still some of that. But it's a, it's a very simple story, and I think it, you need that kind of childhood wonder to really get into this. So, Sam, you've had a mm. very good time. And had a good time. We all know there's no place like home. So how are you going to race the old wizard of Oz? I shall be giving the Wizard of Oz a very solid, very respectable four star wipes. You heard it here first. Hey, thank you for listening to another episode of Cinema Swirl. This episode was produced by Kevin. It was edited by me, Sam, and the music was also by me. If you want to support the show directly and get access to our monthly bonus show, Cinema Swirl, patreon.com forward slash cinema swirl is the way to go. If you want to follow us on the socials, we're at Cinema Swirl on Twitter and Facebook.com forward slash Cinema Swirl on Facebook. If you have any questions, queries, comments, or other stuff for the mailbag, then please send them on in to cinemaswirl at gmail.com. That's cinemaswirl at gmail.com. Please do keep recommending the show to friends or leaving reviews on whichever podcast thing you use. Hey, we're now on Spotify as well, if that's your preference. You can head over to Spotify and search for Cinema Swirl. All right, see you next time. Bye.